So unfortunately, I was right. Thanks for nothing, Carlos Alcaraz. Really let the whole world down, pal. Why in the world was he such an overwhelming favorite? That, that didn't make sense. I would have never actually bet on Alex Verev because that would have required me enjoying seeing Alex Verev win, and that will never occur in my life. I'm, but I'm upset now because I forgot to bet, bet Zverev. Because I don't You're feel, a monster. I guess so. God. Ugh, that stunk. Our, our nation turns its lonely eyes to you, Daniil Medvedev. You're up. Ugh, gross. All right, hi, good morning, Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, it's a Wednesday edition of the program. It probably will be a Would You Rather. I have scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. The question is, so blame Carlos Alcaraz for the fact that I didn't get here until 9.55 because there's this dip on um, Jarrettel Pike where you lose internet. Ah. So I try to time it out. And I just, in my mind, I was just hoping to get to the end of the set, hoping that there would be a fifth set. So I'm like, all right, I'll time this out. I'll watch the end of the set, and then I'll go. Thank God it it didn't go to like a tie break because there were three, three different places on Jarrettville Pike where they were doing road work today. Three. That's, that's good. Improving the roads. I guess. Maybe they <laughs> picked different days. Three different spots on Jarrettville Pike where they were doing road work. So, uh, thankfully, uh, they didn't wait any longer than I did because I wouldn't have been here at 10 a.m. Which, Speaking of which, here's Drew Forrester. Good morning, Drew. Yeah. At some point, we have to say, did we do a show? It's a per- This is disrespectful. At some point, we have to have a conversation about that. Although, in fairness, if he were here, it would be disrespectful, too. So... Yeah, you know, six, six, half a dozen. I, I don't know where I am with all of that. <sighs> yeah, so I don't have the scenarios up, but I do have them written down, and I will consider. Oh, there he, he comes in. <laughs> nah, we banned that. We banned that. He's a. By the way, Drew's a weirdo. He's like a clot. I thought all of your people don't like Taylor Swift because no. Because she, like, uh, promotes um, the satanic or something like that. I thought your people were out on her. I thought your team didn't like her. What's uh, what's what's, what's going on Better with that? Better not be bad Taylor Swift. Hang on a second. I, uh, I'll pull this up She's in a second. She's a Satan worshiper somebody, somebody on your team. Who's my team? You know, you, the red team. The red team. Yeah, the Take red Coward team. Hall, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Right. Hall. Yeah, they do wear red. Uh, Taylor Swift accused by uh, MAGA Christians of promoting witchcraft and Satanism. I don't know why, though. I don't. I don't understand. I listen to all her songs. I don't hear any of you that. Don't, you don't, Are you sure? I don't hear. Yeah, you've listened to all of them. I don't hear any. God, did you fall asleep? She's good, man. Yeah, she was. There was a time. There was a time when she was. Have you there. seen her? Yeah. What you mean, like live? No, I've never. No, gone to, I've never gone to a concert. Seen her? Like, you can't badmouth her. Well, you think she's pretty? She's pretty. Nobody's going to argue that. Oh, here we go. Now you're going to give me the old, uh, She's pretty. <laughs> okay. Then what did I say? What did I just say, Griffin? Did I she say she's pretty? She's no Margaret. She's pretty. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she's not the luckiest damn gal on the face of the planet. I know that much. All right. <clears throat> what do you got? What do you got? Let's what go. are you doing here? Drew Forrest. Big night tonight. What, Maryland, Iowa? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Big <laughs> night. 
Uh, Drew's here. Today's show is brought to you by. Was brought to you by the Green Turtle. What's going you on? Said hi, Green? Kevin Willard, the other night. Did you? I mean, I did actually. <laughs> did you say? Did you say? Uh, you ever plan on getting any players? No. I said he he was standing right at the corner. What's the guy's name? Who's the SID? Good guy. Jason. Kind Yellen. of bald. Glasses. Oh, that John Sinnett. John. Yeah. Uh, good man. Uh, talked to him for a second. He brought Kevin out. They were standing like near the corner where the players come in, and I was standing right there because the press box is there, and Dale was writing, and I was kind of standing there, and I look over, and there's Kevin Willard standing there. John's texting, and I said, hang in there, coach. You didn't do the thing you did with Brad Stevens? You no. didn't go over I and try to get a, looked over and said, a high five on the – Hang in there, coach. And yeah. he said, quote, appreciate it. That's all we can do. There you go. There you go. That's, I felt like that was pretty telling. Th- thanks for getting us the scoop. But I felt like that was pretty telling. I think – well, I mean, what is he supposed to yeah, say? Right. Hey, it'd be nice if I had a fourth player who could score. Well, the funniest part was the two big, tall, white guys from Michigan State the other night were the other day were terrible. If we had anyone, anyone who could have remotely gone toe to toe with them, oh, the one, either. the one kid actually played well in the second half. No, he did. they're both terrible. He did. You're talking about Cooper or the yeah, Cooper. or the Cooper Serbian played okay. kid? Cooper played okay. They're both terrible. But I was really disappointed in Izzo. I felt like going over to Izzo afterwards and saying, "Because <laughs> you bet on him, hey Tom." Yeah, they, no, they actually covered. Oh. I think well, I heard. I don't know. Yeah, you heard. I, I felt did, like yeah. saying to to Izzo, like, "Hey Tom, what's what's up with the what's up with the new the new approach here? Like, you didn't strangle anyone. He got in that Aikens kid's grill pretty I, good. I imagine you're the type that's bothered by coaches that don't wear suits." I imagine uh, it's funny you say that. You actually, you're bothered when you see someone show up wearing a tracksuit. I, I think it's the short answer is yes, but I think yeah, it's I, di- but I think it's different when there's a because they do it in December when they all wear sneakers and stuff like that, and both coaches do it. It looked distinctly odd the other day when Willard and his staff were all dressed up and Izzo's staff looked like they were going to the AAU game. But which one of them won? I know. So, but <laughs> might be time for everybody to ditch. It the just suits. bothered me that Izzo didn't yell, he didn't scream, he didn't strangle anybody. <laughs> I don't think they're supposed to do that anymore. He worked. Oh, we don't do that anymore. I'm pretty sure. Those days are over. He worked. I don't know what you're doing at Calvert Hall, he but maybe I would take worked, that out of the. Well, we just lost to boys Latin, well, so then, maybe we should You know what? I take that. it back. Might be he, time. He, um, he worked the refs pretty good. I, I'd give him credit there. Yeah. He works them pretty good. Um, And he did get into Aiken's kid a bunch. Like, he really lit that kid up a couple times. But it was a weird game. The, there was, I can't. I can't believe Drew. Three days later, it's the week of the AFC Championship game, and he came in to talk about the Maryland Michigan State game. That no, Drew. When everybody else in town stopped caring about Maryland basketball, when when Maryland basketball mattered, Drew loathed talking about them. Drew hated the idea of talking about when people cared, when people were watching the games. Now everybody stopped, and Drew was like, "You know who's interesting to me." I want to watch the Maryland basketball team. Let's I had an epiphany about it. Yeah, you had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. Huh? I've been missing out. It's Fo- what it is. FOMO. <laughs> That's what it is. FOMO. All right. I finally figured it I out. I need to do a if uh, like a commercial. If you're bullish on the Terps, like Drew, uh, I guess is Not maybe tonight. I'm <laughs> okay. okay. I'll take Iowa. Put a Big Ten uh, championship bet in for him uh, because you get a free bet at the Green Turtle uh, every Thursday. Um, they just added live in-person sports betting, so every Thursday at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, they're offering you a free $10 bet on whatever you'd like. 
And uh, you can experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. Plus, tomorrow at Canton, Jeremy Kahn will be down there uh, shooting a commercial. And everyone that shows up, because they need extras for the commercial, so everyone that shows up gets a free $10 bet for uh, for, for just being an extra in the commercial uh, that Jeremy Kahn's shooting tomorrow in Canton. Very nice. That's uh, Blues. Yeah. yeah so check nice. out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson, Canton. Go pick up your free bets. Make some money while enjoying some uh, some food and sports. Do me a favor. I'm, I'm told that the YouTube, uh, the volume might be low. Can, okay. you, uh, can you dive into that and see yes. if we can't uh, work on that, whatever that issue might be? I appreciate it. You excited? About the game? About we're about to 100. Well, I've been telling you that for three years. 75. That's what we put it at. Uh, you haven't been telling We haven't had it for three years. What are we doing? All right. Um, I can't believe you didn't. Of all of the topics, that I have never been more certain that you were going to write about a topic. That Only to find out that you didn't. I don't know what you wrote about. Some golf thing that nobody knows about today. I can't believe you didn't write about this thing with the ref on Sunday. I can't believe you didn't write about that today. What happened? I'm not sure. Are you not? Do you not know? This was big on Raven's Twitter yesterday. You know who Sean Smith is? Yeah. I went to middle school with a kid named Sean Smith. I bet. You know, his common name. Um, Wasn't Sean Smith also the lead singer for Brad? Is that true? The the side project of um, which guy from Pearl Jam was in Brad? Look it up. Which guy was? Which guy from Pearl Jam was in the band Brad? So Sean Smith just died about five years ago. Right, I'm pretty sure. He looks like Joe Cocker. Uh, Stone Gossard was in Brad. That's who mm-hmm. it was. Sean Smith. He died. Uh, yeah, he was. And he uh, he died in 2019. Look he was that. a great. That that band was great. Mm-hmm. Sean Smith was great. Okay. I. But uh, you're not talking about that Sean Smith. Not that Sean Smith. Tell me about the other one. Not the former NFL cornerback Sean Smith either. NFL ref Sean Smith will be working the Ravens. Oh, game I do about Sunday. this. Who cares? No, you, please. You of all people. You of all people. Okay, keep going. What do you, what, I didn't know I was what, coming here to get beat up. What do you know? Well, what do you know about Sean Smith? He's like got some crazy record for th- calling panel, uh, uh, for favoring the road teams. He does correct. He has a crazy propensity. For calling more penalties on home teams than on road teams. Well, that's probably because his counterparts all call the game in favor of the home teams. And well, he finally is, decided. What a what a this this by the way. He finally decided. I'll switch it up. So you think he's the only fair referee? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if any of them are fair. So you think? But I'm not worried about this. you of all. We're people. not. The Ravens aren't. You losing. are the biggest conspiracy theorist that I know. When it comes to sports, you mean? Yes. And you think nothing of this? You're thinking the the NFL is doing this because they want Taylor Swift in the I, Super Bowl? I don't, I don't think anything of it. I am the I I honest to God thought this would be perfect today because you would be the one flying off the handle and I would be the one saying I don't care. But I I'm so why, taken aback. Why did they aback. send him? What did his, did he grade out well? Like I'd have to ask them. Why did you send him? There's all these referees. Why him? Did he grade out well during the seat? Like. I'm I'm not willing to buy into. Here's how I would buy into it: if he graded out terribly, then I would buy into it. But if he graded out during the season to be one of the top four referees in the league, well, I wouldn't buy into it at all. I'd say he earned his way in. He had he got you know I mean everything we do these days gets evaluated times ten. PFF, PRF, PFE. It's all everybody gets evaluated. If he evaluated high, he earned his way in. 
if he was lousy and he's in, then I would say, I don't know, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. You don't think it's odd, odd, that one referee calls significantly more penalties on home did, teams. Did you read any of uh, Warren Sharp's article? I did. Warren yeah. Sharp was so conspiracy theorist about it that I did can't. I, did I re- did I, do I believe it's odd that a referee calls more penalties against a home team than a road team? I, I, I guess my answer to that is, A, a is that true, right? Like this is this is sort of like the polls of the all these elections, like all these people earlier in the week saying Nikki Haley's got a great chance to beat. Uh, no, not, we, no one said that. We, no, You're no, making no. that up. Uh, you didn't let me finish. Nikki Haley's got a great chance to win in South Carolina. She's gonna. She. she this is her home state. She's gonna. She's gonna lose by forty points. Like so, but but she her people went out and asked twenty four people who they were voting for, and sixteen of them said. Nikki Haley, and they all of a sudden said, we got this thing locked up. So I'd have to know if this data's true. Is this data true? D- does, is he the only referee in the league? Or is he one of four or six? Or is he the only ref? It, it, it's, it, I don't, I, for so what that would worth, be my I first thing. I don't have those is the data what, oh. Is the data accurate? Because anything published it's, by the media has oh, the chance to not be right. Okay, now we're just doing, you're just doing shtick. But that's the truth. It's not. It's not shtick. It's shtick. It's shtick. You're doing a bit. No, um, I'm not. No, you are. It, is it true? I don't, um, I don't have I don't have other comparisons okay. of the ref. Now, if it's I true, I, I, it then is, do I find that odd that only one referee out of, I don't even know how many there are. There are 50? I don't even know how many there are. But if, if there are 50 people who, I mean, I know there's eight on the field or however many there are, which is insane. Um, but how many of them are head referees? Well, right. There's only so many. Are there, are there presumably if there's sixteen? If there's sixteen home games a week, it feels like there couldn't be more than twenty lead referees, right? Because yeah, you you don't work every week. Probably you need a week off here and there. But I think they mo- work most weeks. Okay. I don't think they get so many. So maybe there's oh, yeah. twenty. Yeah. Right. Maybe there's twenty because somebody tears their ACL yeah. or something. If he's the only one out of twenty with this indisputable record of favoring the visiting team, do I find that odd? Absolutely. In the same way, I would find it odd that 19 of the 20 favor the home team. I would also find that odd. I would. It, it, it can't. It can't work both ways. Okay, except for the <laughs> fact that it would seem obvious that pre-snap penalties, in particular, are more likely on the road than they are at home. Communication is more okay, difficult. Okay, I don't. I, okay, fair enough. I don't. I don't really count those, but. But, but I, I think do that's, get it I think that that's they what get, this is based I, I, on. I, I do get it that they get factored in. Uh, so there again, this is really a lot. This discussion, and it's a good one, but this discussion is all about the data that's accumulated. Are we talking about real penalties? Does he call holding more on the home team than the road team? If he does, then okay, we and and nineteen of the other twenty call more holding on the road team than the home team. I I still find that odd. You're telling me that I I would think this, and this will be an interesting exercise because I don't know the answer to this, and and I could be proved totally wrong on this. How what, what's the um, Garrett? Look this up. What's the? You got to give him credit. The fact that he he so quickly comes up with a fake name every what? time. You got to give him some credit what's, for that. I heard you on the air by the way the other night. Thanks. What's the um? <laughs> I think. Give me the order of. Give me he the. Didn't, he didn't say you were good. Right. Give me <laughs> the rankings of the penalties for the season. NFL penalty rankings. Who had the most penalty? You know. Give oh, me. Okay. Give me that. 
Give me the top. By, by the ref? Like most or by penalized the team? team. No. Yeah. Just, in, just the league stat, penalties per game. Or, the Raiders or, were the most penalized team. Okay, season. they were terrible. Who else? Go. Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, they were okay. Oh, actually, sorry. It's the opposite. Yeah, the opposite. Yes. Sorry, Vegas was the least. Uh, oh, least I want the most. Uh, the Jets. Texans. Awful. Texans were the second okay. most. No, keep going. That's that's a Dallas, asterisk. Ast- another asterisk. Seattle. Eh, they were okay. So, Titans, Panthers, terrible, Bills. Terrible. Bills were top eight. Who? Bills. Yeah. Okay. Keep Packers, going. Niners were top ten. Okay. So, so some of my some of my there's a lot of good teams that were among yeah. the most penalized teams. Right. So that negates what I was going to say. I was going to say the the worse you are, the more penalties you get. Ravens top twelve because you're not as talented. But anyway, I I do think it's a yeah. Six of the ten most penalized teams this year were playoff, playoff teams. teams. Okay, so that negates what I was going to say. Um, and and then in some ways, m- maybe it supports the the point that it's this is ironic. All the top five least penalized teams were not playoff teams. So what's that tell you? I don't know. Got to be more aggressive. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You ain't yeah, trying. That's a great point. Um, so I hear you, and I'm not. What I'm about to say, I'm not trying to stir the pot. Like this is what Ravens fans do. They they always do this. They, they they always look for something like this. They always look for the disrespect card. Always. Yeah, there's some they, of this that. This is what I, we do. I, there's a weird line. Let's be honest. This all started with something that Warren shared. But let me just say this: well, we've been talking for a while. Okay, I get to talk to. It's hold my on. show. We, Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Colson, I, yeah, no, we haven't had that conversation. Colson yet. And really weird. You, in the same way that Ravens fans find it odd that they're sending this guy in, I, I find it odd that 19 of the 20 call in favor of the See, home and team. That, and that I disagree. <laughs> I, I, inherently, home teams have advantages, and this is I would I really wish somebody would present more data here. I, I this was all based on hullabaloo from Warren Sharp, who for a long time I have respected for his analytical thought but this was laughing no oh, it's Warren Warren. there's a lot of warrens warren zevon was a musician i mean there's you know lots that of, yeah there's yeah. lots of those um warren what he wrote is laughable like it's what it's he embarrassing write? for what him um uh home teams have won only 40.8 percent of games in the last three years with smith as referee this is the lowest win rate for any referee in the nfl and- Across the NFL, home teams have won 55.4% of games during that span. With Smith, the rate precipitately drops down to 40.8%. Maybe the road teams are just much better in the games he is assigned to call. I hoped that was the case, but then I looked at the great equalizer, the point spread. The point spread takes into account which team is better. Because as everyone knows, Everyone who's favored in a football game always wins and covers the spread, right? Like, that's Mm. always known. Mm. Across the NFL in the last three seasons, home teams have covered 49.4% of spreads. That means that even if home teams were winning only 40.8% of games under Smith, we hopefully would find that they're still covering close to 50%. Well, if they're not winning that many games and they're favored, then that math ain't going to work, Chief. That wasn't close to being the case. Under Smith, home teams are only 17-29-3 against the spread, 37% in the last three years. That's the second lowest mark. Now you are getting me pissed off. I'm going to write about it tomorrow. He pointed Um, out that Cleet Blakeman, who is the NFC Championship ref, favors home teams apparently. So the, and and then okay, they put so, like so what, he put so, like a picture on his website with Taylor Swift and yes. the, you know like yeah. like clearly trying to draw. Well, I called that one two weeks. Like ago. the idea I that said if they get to the Super Bowl, it will be the conspiracy theory of 2023, 24. 
if they if the Chiefs get there, I said this three weeks ago. If the Chiefs get there, the conspiracy yeah, theory clearly will, the, the NFL will was able to get NFL. Josh Allen to throw the ball right. on the ground on like on third down. Tyler Bass, yeah. yeah, obviously that was okay, the way that it went. But here here's the thing. I, I keep going back Slice. to this. The, the, it to me, and and first of all, let's just let's admit this. Even though we all know the leagues run by gambling, let's admit this. The point spreads don't mean jack. What Las Vegas thinks about who should win by how many points has zero, zero to do. I know what he's trying to say, and and this would have been my question: of the games this dude has, of the games this guy has refereed, and give, let me give you these five games: mm-hmm. who would win a game between the Ra- tomorrow between the Ravens and the Panthers? I'm gonna guess the Ravens. Would win. Who would win a game tomorrow between the Ravens and the Jets? Probably the Ravens. Who would win a game tomorrow between the Ravens and the Chiefs? I think the Ravens, but it depends. Mm-hmm. Dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. Who would win a game tomorrow between the Ravens and the Cowboys? And the Ravens. Okay, you think that yeah. that confidently? Yeah. But so my well, point, it depends. Is it a game that matters? <laughs> But my point is, is it not right, the Cowboys right, right. have a chance. But my point is, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. Sean Smith refereed yes, games, a lot of right. Ravens versus Chiefs games, right? And not a lot of Ravens versus Panthers. Totally games. possible. It's or, totally or, or, possible. Or the other way around. And the, but that's what, or, okay. no. Wait, wait, wait. It would be the other way around. Maybe he did a lot of the Ravens Panthers games, where the Ravens were going to win no matter if you refereed. Maybe Sean Smith in in all of this data. And that's kind of what he's trying to say with the point spread thing. I get it. What he's trying to say is... But his premise doesn't work. No, no. His his premise might not work. Mine's going to work. Because if Sean Smith refereed 10 games where the road team was favored by five and a half or more, the likelihood of those road teams winning, forget covering, the likelihood of those teams winning, I think would probably be 70%. Does that, you understand what I'm saying? That smells so, right. So let's figure out if if he's refereeing only Ravens versus Bengals, Ravens versus Steelers, Ravens versus Browns, and the road team won seven of those ten with him, I do think that would be weird. But if he's refereeing Ravens versus Panthers or Chiefs versus Raiders or Cowboys versus Redskins, they're the road team's going to win all those. I'm trying to pull up the games that he ref this year. Just just for the okay. fun of the exercise. So that would be interesting. Right? Like, just for the... I can't believe we're doing this. I can't well, believe... Well, I can tell you, I'm changing my bet. Yeah? <laughs> you're going, you're, all of a sudden, you're in on Kansas City now? You're going to go the other way? Scratch that, Ravens, plus uh, you 500. Take, are you posting a picture that Drew's here? We're good. Right. Gonna, no, I, mean, I want people to... If they see him, they'd be less inclined. Post a, give me oh, a, you can picture a picture of the delicious picture. Royal Farms coffee. I'm, <laughs> I'm on board with that. Uh, everybody, hold on. Everybody it's better. Well, I just think it's good to send take, a tweet that we're more. live. You know, take one more. I wanna, did you figure out the, the YouTube thing? Uh, I mean, yeah, it should be louder now. Right. I wanted good. to have the, my number one finger up. All right, go ahead. Okay. What just for Royal Farms? Okay, well, take a picture of him holding his finger I did, up. I did. What, oh, his finger? Yes, he wants to have a number one in his coffee. This is it's a special boy that wants a special picture. So <laughs> please go ahead Easy. and do that for him. Get the Coward Hall logo in there, right? First game he repped this year was the Rams at the Seahawks, a 30-13 to win for the Rams. Okay. Second game he repped this year was the Dolphins at the Patriots, a 24-17 win for the Patriots. So, so far... The I, Patriots beat the Dolphins? Yeah, no. yeah. Did I say that? Yeah. 
All right, then I was I definitely didn't mean to say that. Okay. Definitely a win for the Dolphins okay. on the road. Okay. So so far the the road teams are two and zero, oh, but we would say one of them, the Dolphins, were clearly better than the Patriots, and the other one, you know, kind of fifty fifty Rams and Seahawks. Particularly at that point of the season, there okay. was no Cooper Cup. I I don't okay. I don't know which one we would say was better at that point. Okay. Third game of the year was also a win for the road team, the Chargers, going into Minnesota and beating the Vikings twenty eight twenty four. Okay, they were both bad. Okay, like I don't know. What that was their first that. win for Chargers. Uh, weren't they both winless at that point? I just said it was the first win I for know, Herbie. I know, but weren't they both winless at yes. that point? Yes. That was Herbie's first win. Herbie. Oh, Justin Herbert. Is that a thing? You're doing a pet name thing with Justin Herbert? Have you seen him? <laughs> oh, he's, uh, the headband I don't know, man. That's I don't, not your thing? I think he's, I think he's, he looks like he's Kind of greasy, yeah, kind of like take a showery kind of guy. Uh, he had the Titans pounding the Bengals at home. So that was the, by the okay. way, for what it's worth, only three home teams won games that Sean Smith ref this year. Okay. Jaguars on the road at the Bills. Okay. Browns on the road well, at that the Well, that was in London. Was that in London? That game was in London. If you say so. I, I don't know Guar- how you remember that. Guarantee it was I thought the London. Jaguars game in London was... 25-20. Oh, they played two this year, 25-20 right? was the final. They played... <laughs> how much did you bet on that game? <laughs> how much? How much you, you bet see on my new game? car? Yeah. How yeah. much you... How much you bet? I forgot the Jaguars played too because they yep. played the Falcons as well in London. Yep. Uh, the Browns at the Colts. The Browns are winners. The I G- think that was the game Dorian Thompson Robinson won the was the quarterback. You might be right. Well, Miles Garrett won the game, but yeah. The uh, Jets at the Giants. The Jets are winners. Mm. Vikings at the Falcons. Vikings winners. Lions at the Chargers. Lions winners. Eagles at the Chiefs. Eagles winners. Rams at the Cardinals. Rams winners. So to your point. There's not one in there that stands out as like this road team was significantly worse than this home team, and yet they went on the road and won the game. And and how did that happen? There's nothing that stands out. Okay, in that so way. then now, now you got to dig deeper if you really are going to buy into this. I don't. You got to dig deeper really and look at the penalties. Yeah, the point of this is I was hoping no, you were. You're going to look at the penalties. Yeah. And you're going to say, well, the Rams won 30 to 13, and they only had two penalties for 10 yards. Isn't that weird? Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you got to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers Vikings game. The Chargers were only penalized six times, while the uh, the Vikings were penalized twelve times. Okay, so stop. How many of those did he call? Yeah, I, that, that I I don't have that data in right. front of me. So right. th- this is you. I under again. I hate to throw this card out because people get pissed off. Like this is what we do. We we look for these signs of disrespect. Ravens fans, we get disrespected over everything, and uh, uh, they they said the other night Brock Purdy might still be an MVP. What's happening here with Drew's trying to be the voice of reason? What the f is going on in the world? So what is happening? The other night during the playoff game, they mentioned Brock. You know, Brock, uh, Collinsworth or somebody said um, something about Purdy still being a legitimate. You know, so he's still being mentioned in the MVP talks, and and everybody went crazy, right? But uh, but that's just Collins. We're saying that because he has to say it because they're showing the 49ers okay, in the back. Okay, but I disagree about that. I don't really – I don't care, right? But I'll disagree about that. That is disingenuous from Chris Collinsworth. And that's embarrassing for NBC and that's embarrassing for the league. You don't think he was involved in the – There's a way to present that. Oh, okay. For well, I mean, much of the season, Brock Purdy was in the – I think that's what he said. End. I mean, I don't if think he said – If that's what yeah. he said, then no problem. But, but if what he said is there – there's still a chance he could no, be no, MVP. No. I, then that's wrong. But like, but anyway, we all we get disrespected by all this, so we get disrespected by this referee, and we don't even we don't even dig into the into the actual contents of it. We're just 
conspiracy theory, Sean Smith's coming, we're going to lose. And the refs, the league wants it that way. you got to look at this. Now, that game in particular, six penalties to 12, that's worth investigating. Now, let's find out who right. called the 12. Right. Well, and as a lot of people have pointed out, even if you believe, even if you wanted to buy into this conspiracy, this isn't the same crew that he worked with during the regular and, and season. And this also might together- help the Ravens now that it's been exposed. Because... There might, be, know, there might be a call this Harbaugh's week. Harbaugh's like, hey, going to go up to him before the yeah. game and go, "Hey, what's yeah, up there?" Yeah, no, we're watching you. I just sure. want you to know we're we're watching you. Like we're gonna every. I mean, I can guarantee. I don't. I don't know the specifics of this, but you know that at every timeout, every, people always say this. What What's the assistant coach say? Right. Why is the assistant coach going over there to the referee? He goes over to say to the ref, "Dude, every time Juju Reese gets the you ball, know, you notice he double he double double steps yeah. every time. Are yeah. you going to call it or not?" And then. Ironically, on the next uh, possession, Juju gets called for traveling. Yep. Right, like the, that's what these people do. They put things in the ref's head. I'm sure John's going to put it in his head before the game. Had a tough week, huh, Sean? Had a tough week, haven't you? Yeah, beaten up a little bit, huh? Getting beaten up, huh? Yeah. I, I, I feel Pre- bad. I yeah. feel bad for you because you know I have a lot of respect for you. Yeah, I, I imagine we're and, probably not going to want to give too much favor to the road team today. Imagine that might might be something you don't want to do. Sean, I know you've had a. Yeah, Tough right. week, huh? Dealing, getting beat up. By and I always, people. I've had a lot of respect for you. I think, in fact, I just told Steve last night when we were having dinner. I think you're, you're one, one of the best, best in the league. Yeah, you're definitely one of the best. Well, that's what. So again, hoping that I was going to get some conspiracy theory. You've really let me down today. In fairness, that's no different than any other time. It's just a different way of letting me down. I was prepared for your shtick today, and then you didn't even do your shtick. You did other shtick today. I didn't um, do any shtick. I. I, bl- I no, you, you you did the media stick. So I I had the uh, what stick? I had Griffin, oh the me- that's not stick. I had Griffin reach out it, to none some, of these things these people say oh, is legitimate. Sakes, would you stop it? Uh, You're I, the Gr- only honest guy around. Is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are in trouble. Oh, we are in trouble. I had Griffin reach out to some former refs to see if they would come on the show today, and one will. Uh, former ref Jim uh, Dalpolis is going to join us a little bit later on, but former ref Jeff Triplett sent a missive that he wanted us to know. Jeff Triplett said. Sean is a quality person and an outstanding referee. I've known him since back in his Big Ten days and worked with him on the field in the NFL for several seasons. He is respected by his peers, players, and coaches as one whose crews let players play, coaches coach, calls only what needs to be called, and when they call something, call it right. Jeff Triplett said that? Jeff Triplett said about Sean Smith. To you? (laughs) Or just in general? Griffin. He said that to Griffin when uh, Griffin reached out to ask if he tell your Ravens listeners they got one of the best calling their game on Sunday. So, and by the way, take the Chiefs. <laughs> and, and again, now, now, now everything that Drew just said about I don't know about this after he heard it from Jeff Triplett, he's like, well, now let's take, might have to pivot here. Definitely take the Chiefs. You know that honky tonk man is a good guy. Yeah, he'll never throw salt in your eyes when you're not looking, Mister Fuji. He's a quality individual. Don't you worry about him. That steel oh, chair, he ain't God. never hitting you with that. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, man. All right. Uh, uh, the Goose Flights is available now. At uh, Oh, there's a new location where Goose Flights is available. Goose Flights has always been available at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North and at Costas Inn in both cans and six-packs. Also available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill in cans. But starting today... You can get six packs and cases of Goose Flights for your tailgate party this weekend at the Wine Source in Hamden, 3601 Elm Avenue. It's a great liquor store. Hamden Hun. Sure, 100%. Hamden I've been there Hun. a few times. They have good wine there, actually. 
Uh, when I used to work in Hamden, I, I made quite a few stops mm-hmm. at the uh, the wine source. Very good wine there. So the wine source, you can now find Goose Flights, which of course is uh, our partnership. Press Box, Guilford Hall partnered up with Tony Sarah Goose's family to uh, do a really cool. Uh, not not only is the beer delicious. But also on time, and you tried the beer. You was, out, the beer. was the first beer I've had in a year. It was great. Um, on top of the beer being delicious, it's a collector's can that you're going to want to have at home. And 198 from every can sold goes to the Goose Flights Foundation to continue the legacy of Tony Saragusa and how they're providing non-emergency medical transport for those in need. I I don't know what you're doing, but it just it took every pressboxonline.com/slash/gooseflights. It took everything I had last week. When his daughter was in there, it took everything I had to not say nice cans. I'll be here all week. I'll be here all week. I said we got my, two shows on Friday. I said to myself, <laughs> you know what I can count on? I can count on. I'll get I'll get Drew. I'll get Drew going. He'll do his he'll do his conspiracy theory oh, shtick. Then he didn't do it. Two shows and on I Friday. And I said, maybe, maybe Drew's... Seven and nine. Maybe Drew's turned the corner. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a it's a new day I took for Drew I Forrester. But I didn't do it. Because you know why? Because of my respect for you. Yeah. <laughs> when did that start? I just, when did... I had too much respect for you. When did that start? I, and, and Coulson. Yeah. Because I just had... Yeah. I, I just knew, like, this was a serious moment. Hey... I bet you appreciated being uh, oh, on the, the 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 birthday cake from the Odyssey Corporation. Oh my God, <laughs> that was so funny! I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to go to. Oh. It was a, a, a small mistake on the. It's just a small, Zinny. small one. <laughs> Happy birthdays in. Uh, all right. um, so I was going to say something else. Oh God, you're how going about, Saturday. How about uh, Tyler Nevins back? Huh? Yeah, Tyler Nevins back. Sure, you're going Sunday. Oh yeah, I got. Oh, you're throwing the party. Yeah. I got, Mrs. Uh, Clark is going to hang out with you. Oh, oh yeah. God. Oh yeah. So a bit of a, a contra- uh, bit of a controversy. Is her mom home. coming? Yeah, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't screw up my future plan. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I got a I got a good group of uh, I got a good group of sixty coming, and uh, I, I I can't I can't say this enough and like not get not and try not to get like semi emotional about it. And I said this to my son. Are last you are week. you are you taking him? Yeah. Okay. And I said this to him last week. You, the final seconds are ticking off, and I said, "You have no idea how. You have no idea what you're going to see on Sunday, because I don't know what I'm going to see." He's like, "What do you mean? I see, you've seen everything." I said, "I have never seen this. I've seen. I have seen everything." Well, you were alive when it happened before. You I, I were one was, of the, but, you, but you have to be a thousand years old. No, I, I was, but I don't. Yeah. I have no recollection of it at all. Right. Um, zero. I, I do remember I do remember watching that Super Bowl. I remember sitting on the floor of my house in Glenmurray and watching Jim O'Brien kick that field goal. I, I do remember that. But I don't remember the championship game at all. And I, I said to Ethan, like, you I've never seen this. Mm-hmm. And ne- and neither of you, and neither is neither is anyone else really, other than if you're if you're seventy five, you might have a vivid memory of nineteen seventy one. But other than that, if you're sixty or sixty five, you probably don't remember it. And um, a part of this, it's so hard to shake this because of the baseball team. And someone said to me last night on Twitter, somebody got into a. We, I was got into something last night with people about the ticket prices, which is a whole other story. And I don't want to say the Ravens were 
I, I don't want to say the Ravens were shameful yesterday in the way that went down because there's a lot of moving parts to what happened yesterday. But I think people were misled. I think people thought they were buying tickets yesterday at face value. And, and it was never going to be face value. But while that story was brewing last night, someone said to me, you're nuts if you spend $1,500 or $2,000 on a football game. To which my response was, it's all relative to what you think, what you can afford. I had a friend the other night who bought and opened a bottle of $800 wine right in front of me. I'll take that bottle of wine. I looked at the thing. I'm like, dude, that's $800. He buys it. She pours it. We drink it. It's awesome. And to him, $800 is like $10 to me. Yeah. So the pricing of the tickets is, is neither here nor there. But one of the things he said at the end really struck me. He said, people are not smart enough to know this is the first of many of these. Why spend $2,000 on this one? And my response to him was, yeah, you, you must be 35 right. years old. You have no idea. Yeah. Because when I was on that fence at mm-hmm. Memorial Stadium in 1983, watching those buses come in at 1.30 in the morning with Chris Evans and Pete McQuaid and Tony Willock and Bruce Hand, I thought, yep, you're going to do in more I'll be seeing these forever. for the yep. next 15 yep. years. 100%. And I have not been back yet yep. since. So that's why this game on Sunday is really, really important or special to me. And the only thing left now on my little personal bucket list would be to see a World Series game in Baltimore. Because I did see those, but but I'd like to see so another So this one. is interesting to me because one of – I don't know. I don't know. This game, gonna... by the way, is way more important to me than when we were there in New Orleans. So this is – that it's I'm, it's so interesting you brought that up. I don't know that we're going to do a full Would You Rather Wednesday. I don't know that I'm going to put them up on social media or not. But one of the questions that I come up with, it's interesting because of this. Would you rather – let's just say you didn't have tickets for Sunday, right? Okay. Would you rather be gifted a $2,000 lower-level seat for Sunday's game or $2,000 to put towards the Super Bowl? Trip? One million percent this game. That's fascinating. One million But percent. is it because you've seen it before? Because I've seen the Super Bowl? Yes. Um, I, I, no, and here's why. Like, I don't even – I, I don't even consider what we did at New Orleans. It's going to sound weird. Like I don't even consider it watching the game. We were there at the game, mm-hmm. but we were working and invested in it. And you couldn't cheer. And I think we were sober. Like it. it One it, night when we were in New Orleans, Drew and I got food drunk. This is a straight shoot. Drew and I ate so much food at a party in New Orleans one night that we looked at each other and said, "We can't move." And we went back and sat in the hot tub. Well, this, this is a. St- I've never so like two thirty in the morning. I, I we have, had to be on the air at five. I've had a lot of phenomenons in my life, but I have never felt the way that I felt in that moment. And I was terrified that no one would understand that everybody. Right. But you got to you got to you got to go sit on the toilet. Like, what's the deal? Like, I we just felt drunk. I, know. I felt like I was incapacitated, and I didn't drink at all. I mean, maybe we had a beer or something, but like it was all from food. I'm I'm starting to walk away and I see Drew because we're at the same party and Drew looks at me and he said, "Gotta go, dude. I'm feeling something." I'm like, "Are you food drunk?" I gotta leave. We were food drunk. We could not function. We were. And the next day, I saw Jonathan Kane and Neil Schoen on the elevator. That's right. Said, That's right. "Hey, what's up, Journey? Right. How you guys doing?" Hundred percent. Um. So. Uh, the, the but whole, you're going I, with your son. It's a completely different thing too that you're going with your son. It really is because I've gotten maybe, but it's also it's also the, just the idea of being down there 
And being in this environment where you're the only game left, other than the other one in the NFC, this is it. This is the only place in America on Sunday that the AFC is playing. This is it. So there is something to be said about just being there, being part of it. And I, I don't I don't know what my price tag would be for the game. I have no idea. Um, I was very fortunate. I got in very early with the Ravens, and I'm, I, I'm very fortunate that I didn't have to spend $1,500. I don't know what I would spend. I spent $1,500 to play Pebble Beach Spyglass in Spanish Bay. That was worth it to me. I don't know that I would spend $1,500 to go down there on Sunday because it is a lot of money to me. But to some people, it's not a lot of money at all. And those tickets that are left now that are still fifteen hundred plus plus, I don't. I am. I'm. I'm very interested to see on Sunday at noon right. what the ticket prices are. Do they crash one more time? Because the right game now starts. they're through the roof. Correct. They're, and yesterday, and, and, and I know and, a lot of people were pissed off about yesterday. It, only people that were pissed off yesterday are people that don't understand how ticketing works, and also don't understand how the ticketing works as it relates to the teams and their ticket partner. And things have changed dramatically with the Ravens and SeatGeek much differently than they were with the Ravens and Ticketmaster. So yesterday was a prime example. Those, those tickets that were $399 when you first jumped on and they were $399, those were $175 tickets that got marked up and then were plus plus. And those tickets were owned by the team. They're, they're in the market to make money on these tickets. So the only issue that I thought was real yesterday, like legitimate issue, was, and far be it for me to be one that would praise Ticketmaster, was that I'm to understand in the process, and I just went through it for the sake of going, just because I wanted, I you was... didn't know there was a plus-plus till the very end. No, that that part I don't really care about all that much, because I think that was about, if you get in the 399 ticket, look around, like you did well. Um, well, you didn't pay three ninety nine. Well, yeah, because you have it's all the five fees, ten. I understand, right. um, or whatever it was. But but they're not cheaper somewhere else. It's not they're correct. So that part didn't bother me. You at can all. get a face value ticket. Right. It's very easy. Right. Be a season ticket holder correct. or a sponsor of the correct. team. On Tuesday, you could have gotten those. Right. Um, or Monday, you could have gotten those. Whatever day it was. So the only issue that was with the system, they would you would click on a ticket in Ticketmaster. You click on a ticket. It's now your right to buy the ticket. You have whatever five minutes to yeah, complete the purchase. You, were, you clicked on a ticket and yep. said, "I want those tickets," and then you went to another screen and it said, "Sorry, you can't have those tickets," and it did it repeatedly. That's a bad system. That's that doesn't. That's not. I, a, I, I also would say this, and, and this probably is illegal, so I don't even know if you could do this. I would assume a lot of those tickets yesterday were tickets that were purchased on Monday and, and then, then flipped. Mm, that, that, that's what I would I assume. I believe they had a mechanism in place to get rid of those, right? Like that when you looked at what tickets were available, there was a mechanism for you to only look at the ones that were originally posted on Tuesday. Within their operation, there was a button you well, that, could click. That would be awesome if that were the case. Right. Well, but I, but I don't believe that. I I think if you bought one of those tickets on Tuesday, right, you could flip that ticket. Oh, you you mean if you bought a if you as a PSL holder, if, correct, bought for Monday, you absolutely could do that. I'm saying that on yesterday when you signed in, I, I'm getting my days mixed up. By the way, Monday yeah, I, was know, the day. I did the same okay, thing. So too. so so here's what I'm so you, hear hear me out. I don't think it's right, and 
again, this could be illegal and it's not the American way, capitalism right. and all that other stuff. I don't think it's right that you bought that ticket on Monday and flipped it on Tuesday. Yeah, and, and I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't think that's right. I, I mean, right is a really funny word in I, that way, right? Like I, I, I guess is, I'll rephrase it. I, I would like to see the Ravens come up with a way functionally within their system to not allow for it. Yeah, that would be neat. Like I would agree with that. That would be neat. But you bought I, it for one seventy five on Monday, right? Because you're a PSL holder, and right. I get that. But what I would, and s- then you're flipping it for six. What I would say back I, I is like, like, but I get it for the per- the person that sold it. It is their right. It's their asset. They have it. Understood. That you is can, what ticketing is. You can do whatever. But again, you I'll, do I'll go it. back to the the whole premise behind ticketing. You you can always get a face value ticket. Always. Anyone who says you can't, is, you're wrong. You can. You have to either be a season ticket holder or a sponsor, or, and I'll use Springsteen, or you got to be a American Express right, card holder, right, and we'll get right. you in. You can always get one. The question is, are are you able to get one? And if you're not, then you should just be aware. You're never going to pay face value. You just never. You're never going to find a ticket for face value on the secondary market. They don't exist. Now, what will be interesting on Sunday is to see how many of these upper deck tickets that right now are 700 are 400. Yeah, I'd be interested by that. Here's the other thing I would say to people. Anybody who's interested in going and doesn't want to spend a lot of money. Yeah, you better wait to the very last minute. Well, I wouldn't even say that. What I would say is you should try to buy single tickets. Well, sure, there's that. I would tell you the only last week the ticket crashed during the week. It's not going to happen that way. There's still too much demand right now for tickets for the tickets. And you to got crash Kansas City people. I but that are still trying to figure Kansas out the Kansas City in. people typically that that part of it will start to die on Friday. The Kansas City people, if they don't have a ticket by Friday, yeah. But I'm saying is right now, right. most people are buying tickets Correct. today. Hey, on, we're going to go. We got a flight. On, Why don't we just drive? Yeah, you got it. Let's on, get some tickets on Saturday. Kansas City people aren't getting here, so like that part of the demand goes away. Sunday would be the day. The Ravens it, are thrilled, by the way. The Buffalo didn't win. Oh God, it would have been unbelievable. They, they're, they're thrilled. Yeah, it would have been overwhelming. The place would have been twenty thousand Buffalo Correct. people. Correct. On Sunday, if you're desperate to go, I think the only real chance is hold out till Sunday, right before the game, right before yeah, the game, two o'clock. And I still can't promise that they're going to crash, but they might be not quite as bad as they are at the moment. You might. Be I would a agree. Bit, I would agree in general to say. Go down there. You, you know, you're gonna have to pay eighty to park, and hang around with your phone. And at two o'clock, yep, just you're look. gonna you're gonna find something. Yep, that's what I would think. Yep. Hey, um, I've heard a lot of people this week say, you know, truth be told, if the Ravens play as well as they're capable of playing, I think they could blow out the Chiefs. Well, if you feel that way, the alternate spread right now at SuperBook is ten and a half. Ten and a half. And in you the can first get half. you can get the Ravens plus two forty. At that alternate spread of two and a half, superbook.com, download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, from Superbook. I need Superbook to get a, a third-quarter lineup. I need I need a line for the third quarter. Did you? Superbook had Eric Cole at plus 3,200. To win whatever that? This week at Torrey Pines. Oh, okay. Everybody else has got him at like three. I, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure I know who that is. I'm sure I'm He's the guy that's going to win. If you believe so. Um, uh, uh, your friend Randy Morgan told me that the since the London game, over the last 12 games, the Ravens have given up a total of 27 points in the third quarter. 
over the last 12 games. That's a 2.25 points per game average in the third quarter. It's pretty good. So the lines that I've seen in other places have been Ravens minus a half a point in the third quarter. I'm hammering the Ravens in the third quarter once that bet is up at Superbook. That's going to be something that I roll with for this week. Um, all right, quickly, who would you rather it be in the end? Of, if the Ravens win the first game, who would you rather it be in the second game? I, you know, it's weird you say that. I, I would prefer that San Francisco win. I, I wouldn't want them to play the Lions because then we're the bad guys. Well, and, and just, you know, I am a you, – you mentioned earlier about conspiracy theory. I am also a believer in the football gods. Mm-hmm. Like – I would rather them play the 49ers. I, I would not want them to play the Lions a because lot of, of the football gods. Right. There's a lot of football them. gods are like, oh yeah, this just we, might be their time. Right. It just might be. We've we've. By the way, I if Debo Samuel doesn't play, I think Detroit's got a really good chance to win. I think is Detroit there, could is beat there them. an update on Debo? By I the way? think they could. I is think there, they could beat them. Green Bay should have beat them. Green Bay should have beat them for sure. It certainly could have. I don't know if I... I think their star has fallen, San Francisco. Honestly. I think it's fallen. I agree with that part. It's interesting to me, like my buddy out at the, the Circa in Vegas said that right now... Like, it was... I'll pull up, see what Superbook says. Superbook still, I believe, had the Ravens in a hypothetical... Uh, in a hypothetical matchup, they still have the Ravens as one-point dogs against the 49ers. My buddy out at the, the Circa in Vegas said that that number has fallen there, and it's a pick em at this point. Um, I, I would... I. I I don't think they're losing to either one of them, but I would. They're going to have to play one of the two. I would prefer they not play the Lions. I also have a. There's a little. And is Detroit wearing? Who wears what colors? Right. That's if Detroit point. wears those freaking all gray. Yeah. We ain't winning. Oh, okay. I didn't know that that was one that you were enamored with. When did that start? That all gray with the blue. Yeah. We're not winning if they wear okay. that. Right. We're in trouble. So I, don't, I don't know who's I don't the either, home team. I don't, but we're not I, beating I them with all gray. I don't know how that would go. They wear the white jerseys like they did here when we beat them. Yeah, then, then we're, you're going to pound them, right, 100%. At all gray, but, we ain't beating them. Yeah, okay, interesting. There's also a small part of me that just kind of, uh, it seemed like that emotional edge against the 49ers was so real. I told you that I talked to some guys that, that the Brock Purdy thing worked. Like, they were offended by how many people were comparing Brock Purdy to Lamar Jackson. And I said something about this on set. There's there's a way to say this appropriately. You can appropriately say Brock Purdy's a nice player. He's had a heck of a season. But it was laughable to talk about Brock Purdy like he was Lamar Jackson. It was laughable that that was ever something that we were doing. And I just recognizing talent, it's why... I'll give you an example. Jared Goff's about to play in the NFC Championship game, correct? Who's the better quarterback, Jared Goff or Justin Herbert? Um, this does not require <laughs> this much hedging. Probably Justin Herbert. It's Justin Herbert. We all recognize talent. Not to say Justin Herbert might have some other things that you got to deal with. You know what I mean? Like they got to work through. But pure talent, talent alone, the God-given aspect of this. It is obvious who's better. Yeah. I don't know about that. Jared Goff's a nice football player. I think it's way closer than you're giving credit to, personally. I I really do. But but we're splitting hairs, but I think it's much closer comparing those two, personally. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Pick another. Come up with another scenario. 
Like, come up with another one that there's more of a chasm, and I would agree with you. I think you just picked the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I well, don't. I do. Yeah, you don't. I'm older <laughs> than you. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Is that what we're pick doing? A, pick here? another. That's it. That's what we're doing. Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm, it's it, we're fine. The point being that ev- no, that might be a good one, actually. That Which might way? Be, that might be a good one. Which way? The Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff. You think Trevor Lawrence is definitively better than Jared Goff, but no. you don't know that. Because that's that, my point is, just because you're winning games doesn't mean you're the better quarterback. We're all capable of figuring that out. We all can understand. I think Jared can, Goff is much more underrated than people give him credit for. I think Jared Goff is a... The Lions didn't do jack, by the way. I, but, I understand okay. that. They also didn't have a coach, and they didn't have many players. Uh, other have you than, seen like, this guy they have now? Yeah, he's pretty good. You think so? Yes. I think he's insane. I, that's the part that <laughs> seems to work. I think he's crazy. Yes, that seems to be the reason why it works. I think it's a two-point conversion. It's from the 21-yard line. What right. do you want to do, Dan? Yeah, yeah. We were going right back out there and doing it again. <laughs> going right there. Go I believe it was it. from the seven. I don't I, think it was from the twenty-one. Close enough. Eh, I like him. I'm just really afraid. Like if it goes to overtime oh, then on he's Sunday, do he, super he, he's going to say, "Give them the ball first. Well, you know that. Give them, you know they can do, I, I, it I actually, know. you'd be smarter to give them the give ball. Them, first give now. them, give them the ball. That's I the just, crazy. We haven't seen this yet because right. we didn't, haven't gotten a playoff game yet. It's like but college football. Now it's at, you absolutely should have the ball second right. in overtime right. now because you can know what the other team did. Right. And then understand because for those that it don't remember, oh, it was Morningwig when they played the the um, Bears the one year. Okay, and, and do you remember Marty when Marty said, I, "Give them the ball." I, I was like, Marty, you know, I got suckered into going to the Raven Steelers game with you. You ran a trip on a Thursday night to a Raven Steelers game a few years ago. Okay, I and remember that. Mrs. Clark had always wanted to go to a game in Pittsburgh. Okay, and she saw that you were doing this. Okay, and was like, take the night off, come with me, the whole thing. We win or lose, they won. It was awful. I mean, like the Pittsburgh started Vic, maybe like yeah. they started somebody yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. terrible. Right. Like it, it was Roethlisberger didn't play. Right, the Ravens were zero and three maybe to start the season. And it's still, they had to win in overtime. But the only reason they won is because, remember, the, the wind, like, Pittsburgh drove the ball at the end of regulation. Oh, I do remember this. Had a great chance Tom, to win. Tomlin wouldn't kick the field but goal. But they wouldn't kick the field Correct, goal. Correct, I do remember that. So we go to overtime, and they win the toss, so they have to take the ball. Right. But the moment they do that, the Ravens say, We'll take the wind. Okay, cool. Right. We get the wind. Right. And the same thing happens. Right. The Steelers Tucker, march down the field. Right. Didn't, didn't make they, it. They, they, right. they just... They we punted instead of yep. kicked the field goal. And we went down. Ravens scored. go back down, and it was ironic because Marty Morningweg, I do remember that, who was of course killed for being the guy that didn't take the ball to start overtime, right. ended up being involved in a game where the only reason why you won is because you lost the coin toss right. in overtime. Right, right. There was something very poetic about right. that. All right, we, uh, we got. What do you want us to do? Uh, give them the ball first, coach. You know, right? You understand how this they score the game. <laughs> the Bears scored right away. Yeah, the game's over. Well, we just we had a funny feeling. Anyway. Um, Drew's Let's here. Get back here and talk some golf. No, we're definitely not going to do that. We actually have guests lined up in the eleven. Oh, thrills! I hope they're good. Is there a guy? You don't. You don't have to stay. I hope they're good. It's okay. If you need to go, oh, I mean, I can't just leave. I got. I got to make this buck fifty. I need <laughs> right. it. It's my gambling money. This hundred and fifty yeah, is my right. gambling money. Uh, oh, we cut it in half. No, one fifty for an hour. Oh, got it. Two fifty for the show, but right. one fifty. John always says, if you leave early. You only get 150. I'm like, oh, I'll uh, stay. I guess, I guess I'll stick around. <laughs> Gambling money. Um, uh, Sahith Thagala is my pick this week. What is that? Sahith Thagala. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the guy that won last week? Who did win last the week? The amateur. Oh, the, Nick Dunlap. The, the, is that what it is? Was he an amateur? Okay. 
College. He's in college. Huge. Big, great story. If you say so. I'll I mean, great story. If you say so. I believe you. I believe you. I, you know, that's, I, would, could, I could have a conversation about this, but no one cares, so I'm going to pass. Lots of people care. Mrs. Dunlap cares. Mrs. Dunlap cares. That's a good point. If, and if you're listening this morning, Mrs. Dunlap, congratulations. Hey, Jerry. Very how are you? happy for you. Good morning, Jerry. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out Toyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Bill Roden, longtime sports writer, now with Anscape. Uh, Morgan State alum, he's going to join us next. Uh, Devin McCourty still to come, and former NFL ref Jim Dalpalos all set to join us. Drew Forrester's here. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys, Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. 
Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make sure you tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday brought to you by live casino and hotel and if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Khan's OnlyFans page at wait are people supposed to know about that all right back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Wednesday edition of the program Drew Forrester is here um you need to uh, yeah that was very thoughtful of him right gifting you the Sixer of Goose Flights Lager from Guilford Hall Brewery, which again is available now at the Wine Source in Hamden in both six-packs and cases for you to go get yours. You can have that. Oh, you you got the you don't need you're not you're not preparing your own party on Saturday. You've got a party prepared Sunday, for Sunday. The game's Sunday, Sunday right? Whatever. Why do you keep saying Saturday? I don't know, man. I know, last week was Saturday. Played on like it feels like they played on Saturday. Yeah, they played Saturday against the Steelers. Yeah. Like there's just been a lot of Saturdays going on recently. So. Should be on Saturday. Why? So we have Sunday to off. Okay, go to church. Yeah. Do go. what we do on Sundays. That's a great point. Why do we got to go on well, Sunday? You, golf, <laughs> right? Or golf? Yeah, you just do that yeah, right. on Saturday though. I think. Well, I do that sure. both days. <laughs> right. But make the game Saturday point. at seven so we can all golf. Um, uh, we will be doing a project game day on Sunday, but probably not until after the NFC championship game. Think that people are going to want to celebrate if the Ravens win and watch the post game festivities. Bite your and all tongue. Why? If the Ravens win. Uh, if I just say the other thing, everybody's going to accuse me of jinxing it. So. Oh, oh yeah, right. You're not yeah. allowed to say when they not, win. Not going to do that. So it looks like it's going to be 13. later on Sunday. Facebook.com slash pressbox sports, YouTube.com slash pressbox online. The whole crew will get together. To discuss it, it's all brought to you by A.J. Michael. Superbook Sports, helpmygamblingproblem.org. Um, you okay with the Hall of Fame yesterday? Yeah. I mean, I, I. it's funny because I don't think I realized how how little of this. Joe Maurer played what percent of his games as a catcher? 35. Wasn't, no. Yeah. Yeah. 35. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up now to make sure I have this. Thirty five percent. Joe Mauer played in his career one thousand five hundred twenty six games. He played more than fifty percent of them as a catcher. Okay. He played nine hundred and twenty one okay. of them as a catcher. But it it was pointed out by a few folks yesterday. Costas was all over this during the broadcast yesterday. That the reason why were the voters were giving Joe Mauer the the benefit. Of the fact, you know, he never he wasn't a home run hitter at all in his career. Like his numbers are average was good. Yes, he was a very good average hitter, but he's not Tony Gwynn either. What was right? his career average? Three ten. Uh, his career average was three oh six. It's a hell. Of I a, mean, look, I'm just going to say this: he hit three oh six over and fifteen years. I have no problem. You're getting in the Hall of Fame. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Right. But to be a slam dunk first ballot guy. Okay. Part I, of that is you're giving the benefit to he was a catcher, and we're saying that it's more valuable to do that as a catcher than it is anywhere else. And the argument they were making that I hadn't thought about at all was, but he was only a catcher for 60% of his career, right? Like, he wasn't a catcher, a permanent catcher. Right. He wasn't well, Johnny, Johnny Bench. Bench right. He was a catcher for well, 60% Fortnite. of his career. Right. We're giving him extra credit 
when we should really only give him like half extra credit. I think the only interesting debate is, is does Joe Maurer deserve to be separated above other players? Is he that much better than, say, Todd Helton, who had to wait for a long time? Is he that much better than, you know, insert name here that didn't get in on the first ballot? And that's a fair, you know, conversation to have. But it's not about I, whether I kind of didn't realize Maurer was the first ballot, honestly. I thought he had been on the ballot. No, this is uh, no, I'm saying, yeah. uh, now that you say that, I, I'm fine with him getting in. I think he was a terrific player. I think there... It's an unwritten rule, and I'm fine with it, that other than Rafael Palmero. If you, if you get 3,000 hits or you hit 300 for your career, what did Maurer have hit-wise? 2,400? Um, 2,100. Yeah. I mean, you, you if you get 3,000 hits and or if you hit 300 for your career, and and you have to have some defining, you know, you have to have a, a benchmark, 1,500 games, which is, you know, what, eight years, nine years, ten years, whatever that is. Um. To me, if you're a 300 hitter, you should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm for your career. I'm I'm good with that, right? But and, but I would argue, or I would listen to the argument about first ballot. I won't listen next year if Ichiro doesn't get in. They should burn that place down. Well, I mean, my God, if if Ichiro no, if he doesn't get in, it, it should be burned it's, down. It's, and if you don't vote for him, you should never be allowed to vote again. They should put a sticky in every voting envelope that says, "By the way, if you don't vote for Ichiro, you're not allowed to vote ever again." So vote at your own risk. Uh, it it would be laughable if Derek Jeter got a higher percentage of votes than Ichiro did. It, they're not comparable as baseball. If you get the ballot, yeah, and you leave his box unchecked, you, you shouldn't be allowed to vote again. The other it's ne- laughable. The other next year, are so you got Sabathia, C. C. Sabathia. He, he he. You can't even mention those two in the same breath. To me. But do you think CeCe Sabathia is a slam dunk Hall of Famer? Mm. I'm going to – so let's go through this. 225 wins. You tell me. I could be wrong. I could C. be C. way Sabathia, off. I'm, 200, pulling, I'm pulling two, it up. 225 now. wins. 250. Okay, 250. 3.50 ERA. Actually, 374 ERA. 374, still very good. He pitched most of his career in the American League. Um, whip, one point one seven five, one point two five. Okay. Um, Cy Youngs, never. Did he ever win a Cy? That's a great question. I don't think he did. Um, I'm. I'll tell you in two seconds. I, I gotta go to a different. Think page. he did. He might have won one with Cleveland. Maybe. I, 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 why did I? I thought he did. Maybe. He yes, won he one? did win a Cy Young with Cleveland. Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. So one Cy Young. Yes. Okay. So, how many wins? Uh, 251. He started in when? 99? He started in 2001. Okay. 250 wins in the, in this era. Mm-hmm. A 375 ERA. He won one Cy Young. Uh, won a World Series. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, he probably is. I, I would soften my stance on him a little bit. That, that's a lot of wins in this era. It, and I know we don't put a lot of stock in wins anymore, which is why it's a lot of wins. It's a lot of wins. Um, he, and people are going to, this is kind of blasphemy, right? He, he was a better pitcher than Messina, in my opinion. I'd have to think about that. I don't think the number. I don't think the numbers back that up. But if you're trying to say big game, I mean, we'd have to, we'd have yeah, to hash I think, that I think out. if you said I, to me. I would say no, 
he wasn't because I just don't think we look at Messina's numbers because we get obsessed. I think over, if you said to me, "You got one game tonight, I, you can pitch Messina or Sabathia. Who do you want?" You you and I, I would both say I, Sabathia. I hear your argument for that, but I also disrespected Mike Messina's numbers for a long time, and it took the Hall of Fame debate for me to realize just how good Mike Messina he was, was. Awesome. Um, uh, quickly because we got to get the Bill Roden. Um, the other two names next year that are first ballot eligible that are interesting are Dustin Pedroia and Felix Hernandez. So I, I'm going to definitely. I'm going to ride the fence a little bit on Pedroia. I loved him as a player. I'd really have to dig into the numbers more. I, I think we have we have a, a regional bias against him here because we saw him so much and we didn't like him. Yeah, I thought he was a really, really good baseball player. Um, but I'd have to dig in more. Felix Hernandez was one of the best pitchers in baseball at his zenith, and he would be a yes for me. Okay, very good, very good. Ravens-Chiefs, AFC Championship game coming up on Sunday. The, um, the Ravens made it? Yeah. <laughs> you should go. <laughs> go get a ticket. They're, uh, they're cheap. Um, it's funny because he, he, Bill Roden, what he, what he wrote for Anscape, he really set up the narrative. And, like, the narratives here are overwhelming. Like, this is as it, – it's chef's kiss. There's so much for us in the media when it comes to this game. Joining us now – Longtime sports writer, currently with Anscape, Morgan State alum. He is our friend, Mr. Go Bill Bears. Roden, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Bill, it's uh, Glenn and Drew in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Absolutely. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Drew. Um, yeah, and yeah, go Bears. You know, I was intrigued <laughs> before we uh, by your conversation about the Hall of Fame because I really, you know, I mean, I know this gets into a whole thing about analytics and AI versus soul. And I was thinking of a guy like, like I think Messina, you, you set it up tremendously. Um, forget his numbers. If there was a big game, I think you framed it perfectly. And you could go on with any sport. If there was a big game, if you're in hockey and you're going to have the uh, shootout, uh, who do you want to have? And it may not be the person with the numbers, but it's somebody who has just gotten it done. And, and I was thinking – whenever it comes time to deal with Lamar versus whomever, hmm. there are just certain people, and you guys have known over the hmm. period of sports, there are certain guys whose numbers, if you look at just pure numbers, the numbers don't stack up. But you know that in a, in a game, I want to have this guy, uh, whether it's the last drive of the game, whether it's a big game, uh, or whether it's taking the last shot. There are just certain people whose numbers may not, Back up, but this is who you want to get it done. So anyway, that's, it, that's well as crazy as Kurt Schilling as crazy as Kurt Schilling's been <laughs> post baseball. He he's yeah. a guy that fits that narrative exactly right. Like you you would have you would have wanted Kurt Schilling to have the baseball in his hand in game six or game seven, even though yeah, his regular yeah, season we numbers weren't great. Yeah, right. No, before we knew he was nuts. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. It's so. That, I, 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 Bill, I want to follow up on what you said because it's something that came up a lot this year where we all sat here, and, and I know how much you were in Baltimore, and I know how much you've been following Lamar, and it's been a project of yours. But, like, we're all watching this guy, and we're seeing an orchestra conductor. We're seeing an artist. Like, I, you know, it's Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. It's, you know, Aretha Franklin singing opera music. We're all seeing the same thing. But then the numbers, like, you know, somebody last week looks and said, what, he threw for 150 yards, right? Like, that's not all that – we all see it every week that this right. person is in such utter command and control right. 
and is not panicked, has is seeing the game and has a feel for the game in a way that so few ever have. Like he's controlling the game like peak Peyton Manning controlled football games. Sure. And yet numerically, sure. you know, somebody who's not watching the games would say, Really? Is he is he's the MVP? Like he's I don't know. It, it's it's not all that impressive to me. It requires you to have watched him every game to understand just how remarkable Lamar Jackson has been this season. And unfortunately, or, or not unfortunately, but I guess the challenge Sunday is that he's going up against somebody who is equally as magical. That's true. <laughs> you know, whose whose numbers aren't the same. If you looked at Mahomes and and, and I know it's a team sport, you know, obviously, but when you looked at last week, and I don't know how you guys felt. Um, you know, I I really love the way Mahomes plays the game, but I'm thinking, you know, going to the Buffalo is a steep challenge, you know, because Josh Allen, you know, uh, you know, you know, I mean, it's a steep challenge, but if you look at that game, by by the second half, I was convinced that every time Kansas City got the ball, Mahomes was going to do the right thing, you know, to make the right play. Um, and I think that Lamar is the same thing. I think that's why it's such a great classic, matchup because you have two guys uh two quarterbacks who are just magicians and I, I think that's right that's what we're talking about in sports um even when um you know i know cam newton took a lot of heat for talking about manager versus um what do you say making uh what was it manager yeah. versus a oh, playmaker right correct and you know, when game, I'm looking game at, manager I mean, versus game changer. That's what he's yeah, game, yeah, right. Thanks. And you know, I, I get what he was trying to say, and 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 trust me, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. I mean, you know, but when when you look at the game with San Francisco, uh, and you look at other games, uh, you saw in that game that yeah, you saw it on display that Lamar is a game changer, uh, and they're not that many, you know. Patrick Mahomes is a game changer. And there, there, there are only a handful of people. I don't know if we can name a handful. So, um, but that's why I think, again, Sunday is such a, a great potential because you have two people who are game changers going at it. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, these things is going to boil down to probably two plays, right? It's going to boil down to probably two plays. And uh, two mistakes. So I, yeah, I think it's. I, I I just think it's. I'm very excited about it. Um, the only thing I'm more excited about is my daughter's scheduled to give birth at any oh, moment now. Oh, yes. I saw, I saw last night. I said, "Right, is, is Baby Roll going to come out before the championship?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Bill. I want to. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> I want to. I want to ask you or make a point real quick. Get you to chew on something about uh, Mahomes. But real before I do that. Um, I was in Fort Lauderdale last week on a golf trip, and we had to we made our way up through Pompano Beach. Um, you you want a really good story? Hop on the plane and go down there, and you will be blown away by how many kids you see running around Pompano Beach with Lamar Jackson jerseys on. It, it's wow. it's unreal um, how much of an of an impact in that community. And I don't know how much you know about. Fort Lauderdale and Pompano Beach, but there are some not so great areas in both of those locations, despite their relative beauty. Um, and you, you would be blown away by how many kids you see running around in those jerseys. It, it's pretty cool. So it's a good story. Um, in some ways, I hate to I hate to say this. 
in some ways, if Mahomes comes in here on Sunday and, and wins, this could be his Mona Lisa because the offense is lousy pretty much without yeah. him. I mean, in the past, he's had Tariq Hill. He's had playmakers. He's had guys that could run the football. Um, they, all, they haven't always had a very good defense, but they, they always had him. This year, they gave him very little. And in, and in, in an odd twist, they actually gave Lamar people this year. And now you're seeing what Lamar can do when he has real players around him. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But if Mahomes comes in here and wins, this 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 could be his uh, Led Zeppelin four. Uh, this could be the best thing he's ever done. Right now, yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, you know, uh, Lamar has they gave him great weapons, uh, but the Flowers has just been a revelation. You know, Flowers been great. Right. Um, you know, uh, Kansas City's defense. Has really has really uh, stepped up. So I don't know. It's almost like uh, it's hard to me. I mean, just in terms of the the script and all that. I, I and for other reasons, I think it would be great for Lamar and Ravens to reach the Super Bowl. Um, just for a lot of reasons that have to do with the history of black quarterbacks and what Lamar represents. Blah 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 blah. But it's hard to bet against Mahomes. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, if we haven't learned anything else. Um, but you're right. I, I think you're right that this would be his Mona Lisa. But it would also be, um, for Lamar, it would be like Jacob's Ladder. You know, I think that he's been aiming at this for, you know, you guys, for how many years? You know, the last two years were, were terrible for him. You know, the, uh, the injuries. Uh, we were always waiting to see, you know, he held out. And now he signed a big contract. And what impact would that have? And um, I'm, I should say surprise, but it just seems that there's this fire. There's this, this fire. It's just igniting something in him that he really wants this really, really badly. And I guess I want to ask you guys, uh, what, what do you think of um, – they're talking about Andrews coming back. Um, but everything has really been perfectly balanced. I think lightly – uh, has been playing great. The passing game is great. What, what do you think about Andrews coming back? And I, you think that that might interrupt something? I'm not worried about it screwing it. I've, I've I've heard that theory a few times, Bill. I'm not worried about it screwing anything up. I know. I guess the theory is that Lamar Jackson in his career has had, Mark Andrews has been such a kind of safety blanket for him that you worry yeah. that all of a sudden he gets into a game and he only sees Mark Andrews, but. That just wasn't really the case earlier this season. Like when I, Lamar Jackson, I think only saw Mark right. Andrews because, truth be told, that was the only guy for there to be seen. Right? Like, the, the, who else was he going to throw the ball to for a number of years? I, I, right. I think now with all these, I have, I do not fear that Mark Andrews being back on the field leads us back to Lamar Jackson only throwing the ball his way. He has moved the ball around so well, and I, I, I just I don't feel like there's that that fear that he just goes back to Andrews. I'll take the other side of that. Okay, and 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 I won't go heavy on it, but I will also and I'm not going to say that Isaiah likely has Wally pipped Mark Andrews. I'm not going to say that he's unbelievable. He, he, he's terrific, but I would subscribe to the theory that if he does come back and he does get 25 snaps, that. That means that's 25 snaps someone else isn't getting. They've percolated very nicely without him. And I, I don't know. You might have to go have a tough talk with him and say, hey, look, we're, we're going to use you in Vegas if we get that far, but we're going to go with what we got at this point. I don't know. It's, it's, it is an interesting dichotomy because he is one of the best tight ends in football. 
But they've also, and so much of this, Bill, I think is about who they have around them. This time last year, you wouldn't have even asked that question. We would have been dying to have Mark Andrews come back in because he was one of the only three or four options we had. Now they have six or seven options. I'll tell you something. Remember... Remember you heard this here. The guy that has been a huge key for the Ravens that no one talks about is Nelson Aguilar. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable how much he has helped them and totally under the radar screen. And his emergence alone has helped them kind of go through this, this Mark Andrews period and not suffer. Aguilar has been a huge, huge compliment to them that no one talks about. And that's a great point because... It almost happened immediately, immediately after uh, uh, Andrews went down. I think it may have been later, maybe the, later that game, the next game, with guys like Aguilar, you, you began to see, you know, and I, I guess that's what I thought, too, is that this is probably almost a cosmic blessing in disguise for Lamar uh, and the offense. Uh, and, 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 again, Munkin, too. I'm sure that, you know, we're thinking about this. I'm sure they had they had some great conversations about, you know what, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to spread this thing around. And, and, and I think if, if you made me vote, I, I think Andrews is such a selfless guy. I think at this point for him, it's just about fitting in. And maybe it's only two plays. Right. It may be only two plays, but they could be game-changing plays. You know, that, that he says, this is not September. This is January. It's been great. I've seen how everything fits. How can I fit in? And I think that might, you know, he's a pro. And you, and so I think that he probably would not do anything to screw it up. I don't think anybody on that team, they're so close. You know, they're so close that I think everybody is just thinking of how can we fit in. I'll, I'll, you give, know, you the, I'll give you one other guy that I think is going to have a role on Sunday. And, and if, things go well for them he'll have a role in Vegas he'll be a huge part of the last two games Dalvin Cook I, th- oh, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think they're going to get Dalvin Cook in the game far more than they're letting on and I think giving yeah. him those five or five or six snaps the other day just to let him get you know let him get bruised up a little right. let him feel a, the impact again um, I yeah. think I think that's a trick up their sleeve that you're going to seek on Sunday yeah how great is it and I, I, I that's actually a good story I wonder how great is it if you got like Dallas because number one you're fresh, but how great is it to play with a guy like Lamar Jackson? You know, how, you know what does that do for you? You know, it. You know, we always talk about how great players make the game easy for a lot of other people. I would love to get Dalvin Cook's perspective on at, at his age, this point of his career. How great is it to be in the backfield with 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 Lamar Jackson? I, I mean, it. Things, you know, I guess if you're a Ravens fan, it almost seems too well set up, <laughs> you know. You know, you're, you're you're not totally healthy, but you're pretty healthy. You're at home. Um, the odds really seem to be – Lamar's playing great. Um, and, you know, what could – well, I don't want to ask that yeah, question. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that, Bill Rudd. Don't do that. Well, the, it, yeah, and here's the thing too: the intangible, and you know, Bill, you've been around sports a long time, so you, the, the the intangible for for me on Sunday, and I I do believe the Ravens are going to win, but I I'm also not naive, and I know I know that 
things could go sideways. There, and one of the reasons why things could go sideways is there is an intangible that the Chiefs do know how to win these kind of football games. And, exactly. and the Ravens, I'm not going to say the Ravens don't. What I am going to say is the Ravens haven't had this kind of experience. Not it's, this it's, group. Not right, this, this group. Core, right. Yeah. I mean, Justin Tucker's the only guy left, I think, from yeah. the Super Bowl yeah. team. Um, the, the, that Kansas City knows how to win these games. They've been there. They've done that. And I think, and you mentioned this earlier, and I think them winning on Sunday in Buffalo kind of even things out for them for their season. I I think they would tell you to a man like, yeah, we, we were okay. We weren't great. We had some nice wins. We had some not-so-nice losses. Like, we were okay. I think that game on Sunday evened them out and got their chakras in line a little. And I, I'm, I, I was impressed with them on Sunday. And I know it took a late, a late field goal miss and some crazy play calling to help them, but that was a pretty significant win for them, I thought, on Sunday. Uh, no. Absolutely, it was because of, because of everything that has been saying, and not only what people have been saying about them, just the way they were playing. You know, the drops, the drops were real. We weren't making it up. You know, and can they go into Buffalo now? Now, granted, Buffalo had a had a uh, a, a ward of injury. You know, uh, and and they they actually picked on I forget the linebacker, uh, the guy they, who was on the couch. Uh, and uh, the Buffalo guys on the couch, and they basically oh, okay, yeah. no, not but, but you know, but they really picked on him. But no, I, I absolutely agree. It was a great game. The only, you know, then they come into Baltimore, a really hard place to play, and all that. But as you said, there is something, there is something about having been there. I remember, you know, and I'm sure each everybody listening has had that experience. I remember when I went to Morgan. I came to Morgan in like dark ages, but Morgan has been on this. Uh, they had lost the game when I got there in three years. There are guys on the team who had never lost in their entire careers. And I came from a school. I came from Chicago, from a school, and we won two games every year. Hmm. <laughs> and it was remember we played Grambling Yankee Stadium and won. And I remember how by the middle of the season, my whole thinking about things had tra- been transformed. That instead of expecting to lose, I was beginning to expecting to win. And, you know, not just in football, but in you know, life in general. But it's funny how that actually is real. And, you know, you guys have talked to players who've been on great teams, and there's just this expectation of winning. Now, the only thing to bounce that off is if you got like a guy like Justin Tucker, who's used to, you know, hitting 89-yard field goals, hmm. <laughs> you know. And, and, and can visualize and has seen it. That could be the thing that really tips the blame. But I, I think you're right that a lot of this is going to be uh, psychological and emotional. When you get to that point where we could either win or lose, we could either make. Well, then you, yeah, I guess you have Odell Beckham, who, uh, who who's you know had had the more Super Bowl victory. But I think you're absolutely right that the Buffalo game was really important to Kansas City. And I think the Ravens, this group of Ravens, uh, I think this will be that this will be that test for them. That will you can you visualize what Kansas City has already visualized? They were, I mean, these guys won the Super Bowl last year, yep. and Mahomes was spectacular, playing hurt, you know, playing on essentially one leg, and that's kind of what you're up against. So I just think that's what makes. Um, I think I guess that's why we all love 
sports so much and, and, and competition so much uh, because of moments like this. So oh, it's, 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 it's rich. It's rich. There's no doubt, Bill. Bill Roden, um, first of all, congratulations on the grandbaby on the way. And hopefully um, that, that'll get, get that taken care of like today so that you can enjoy the championship game on Sunday. Always appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. I always appreciate you guys. Thanks, Bill. Bill Roden, a legend in the sports writing community. Appreciate him hopping on with us this morning. By the way, real quick, just for the fun of it, the numbers from Messina and Sabathia. Sabathia, 1259 whip. Messina, 1192 whip. Sabathia, 374 ERA. Messina, 368 ERA. Um, Sabathia, 3.3 walks per nine innings. Messina, two walks per nine innings. The one number Sabathia has the edge is strikeouts Strikeouts, per nine innings. Sure. Um, Sabathia, 7.8 strikeouts per nine. I think Sabathia probably gave up more home runs, too. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, if I, but I didn't, I didn't pull that. Well, I, 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 I always said, I thought Messina was a 50-50 Hall of Fame guy to me. I, I think when he got voted in, that I got it. And if he wouldn't have gotten voted in, I, I probably would have got that, too. Like, I thought he was close. And I think Sabathia is the same way. Like, I think he's very close. Um, I, we we get caught up a lot, and I understand why because we do try to create a we we have to create some line of demarcation for mm-hmm. these guys, and we get caught up in saying was he the best player at right. his position? Right. Well, you, you you can't say that about pitchers. Yeah, you you just can't. Yeah, it's because right now there are eight great pitchers yep. in baseball. Yep. Yeah, how, There's how not do you one great one? Yeah, right. It's Max Scherzer really better than Justin Verlander, right? right. So yeah. I, I think to me, I'm not gonna say if Messina's a Hall of Famer, Sabathia's a Hall of Famer. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it like that, but that is sort of the benchmark. If Mike Messina's a Hall of Famer, so is CC Sabathia. Right. To me. I hear you. I would just say that numbers would tell you that Mike Messina was better than CC Sabathia. He might have been, but it was negligible. I, I understand that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's continue. I can still talking. hear that horn going off every time there's a strikeout. Uh, let's uh, continue talking Ravens Ugh. Chiefs on Sunday. Our next guest is going to be on the call for Westwood One for the AFC Championship game. He is a three-time Super Bowl champion, but we like to <clears throat> ignore who he was playing with because we didn't uh, we didn't care for them too much. He is former New England Patriot and now uh, analyst for NFL Network and Westwood One. Devin McCourty is with us this morning here on GCR. Devin, it's Glenn and Drew in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Hey, Devin, you there? We got you. Did we lose Devin? We'll see if we can try that again. All right. That was such a good setup, too. Well, I got a great question for him. Oh? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Let me lead it off. Just let me lead it off, and it'll soften him up a little bit. Oh, yeah. That's that's what you think. It'll soften him up a little. Just let me lead with the hard-hitting – I have a, I have a hard-hitting – now, I don't want to offend him, but I have a hard-hitting question right out of the gate. This isn't going to go well. No, it's going to go great. This is, this he, is, a, this he, is a mistake. He is in the media now, yeah, okay. and All he right. knows he's going right. to get a hard-hitting question. Right. Devin McCourty. So let me ask it. On the call for Westwood One on Sunday – Devin, it's Glenn and Drew. I'm going to apologize in advance. My partner, Drew Forrester, wants to lead off with a question, and I'm not sure where it's going to go. It's a- so I want you to know how much I appreciate you taking the time for us. <laughs> it, What's happening? It's a hard-hitting question, Devin. Just be honest. The Pat the Patriot helmet, when you played in those, your game elevated far more than when you when you played with the flying Elvis helmet. No doubt about it. Right. Jersey, See, the whole makeup. It was that, it was amazing. Thank you very much. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> really, 
I really hate the fact that you encouraged him because he he does this a lot, Devin. We get this I love all that, the time. I love that helmet. Uh, he says, if they wore it every game, they'd never lose. That's correct. Oh, man. That's correct. Hey, uh, Devin, it's funny because there's a lot. Obviously, there's so much with this football game on Sunday. But one of the things that I, I kind of alluded to earlier in the week is that this is a to be the man, you got to beat the man. So this is a Ric Flair situation, right? Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. You got to beat the man in order to be the man. And it kind of reminded me a little bit. I'm not in any way trying to compare Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco because with all due respect to Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson is far better. But at the beginning of the decade, for the Ravens to be able to win a Super Bowl, they had to overcome Tom Brady and your Patriots. And it feels kind of parallel. Like this is... You got to climb the mountaintop. You want to be this guy. You want to do this. You it has to go through Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yeah, and I agree. And I think I think the Chiefs have put themselves in a position that even in a year where it it, it hasn't been what we were used to seeing from the team, especially offensively. I would say from both sides. Like usually we're talking about Mahomes trying to carry the team, you know, trying to still be in the uh, conference championship game, and it was always despite the defense. And I think now you watch this team is kind of built on defense. It's built on the running game with Pacheco. So a just totally kind of different atmosphere, a different team than we've seen in years past. And somehow season goes by and they end up in this game. So they have, they, this is what, seven, I think, or eight straight AFC championship games. So it's only right to get to the top and be in that Super Bowl. You got to go through this team and beat them. So how much confidence should we – I feel like for as good – and everything we know to be true about the Kansas City Chiefs, and I agree with everything you just said, Devin, that despite the fact they've been down this year, they are still ever so dangerous, and they have figured it out. They're playing complementary football. But the Ravens have been doing this year is, is insane. I mean, this is was now 11 wins over teams with winning records, nine of which have been by two touchdowns. Like, that's – it's historic – what the Ravens have done against good football teams this season. How much confidence should we have just in the, if the Ravens play their football game, they've proven that they're just kind of that much better than everybody else right now. Yeah, I think, I think the Ravens should be extremely confident because you only, you, you, what you, you are, like what you put out there on film is who you are. And this team has done nothing but improve every single week. It's not like we turn on Baltimore Week one, when they were playing uh, playing Houston, it sounded like we walked away and we were like, man, this team right here, so complete, they're unstoppable. No, like this team, new offensive coordinator, they've worked their butts off to get better week after week, and it's all a setup for these opportunities. So I, I don't think it's as easy as, you know, we just do what we do and we win. I think playoff football is so unique that it's hard to just do what you've done all year. We watch all these games and – somehow we kind of picture in our mind, we've watched these teams for 18 weeks. Like we kind of know how the game should go. And then we watch it and we're like, well, that's, that's not really what I expected. Mm-hmm. So I think they have to be ready for that. But I think the biggest thing we should talk about in New England all the time, one play at a time. They're the better team. They played it all. They played like that all year. Just take it one game at one play at a time. Don't think, you know, if it's going well, it's like, man, we're going to the Super Bowl. And if it's not going well, it's like, I can't believe we lost. Like you can't get wrapped up in that during the game and it's easy to get wrapped up in that when when the stakes are this high because you've dreamed of these moments so i think if they stay locked in they're they're definitely the favorite Devin, what do you see uh, and i guess if you're patrick mahomes if you were if you were uh helping scout uh for the chiefs 
and you know something about first-round uh, defensive backs. You were one of them. Um, how does Mahomes navigate his way around Kyle Hamilton on Sunday? What, what's the secret? As you've watched uh, the games and the film and you see uh, Hamilton in this incredible season he's had, uh, how does Mahomes handle him? Well, I think it's different. We're not talking about, you know, whether to throw it on the edge against a corner. I think it's knowing where Kyle Hamilton is. It's something I used to hear Brady talk about all the time when he played against Ed Reed or Troy Polamalu. Like, it was him always knowing where those guys were because they did so many different things. I think the unique and hard thing about Kyle Hamilton is there's so many guys that you still have to worry about. You got to know where Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith are, like the exotic kind of pressures or – simulated pressures that Baltimore brings, it's not only based off Kyle Hamilton. You know, there's plays where, you know, one of the linebackers, whether it's it's Queen, is, you know, six yards off the ball looking like he's in coverage. Roquan Smith's up on the line. Roquan Smith takes off to the other side of the field to play kind of the hook dropper and Patrick Queen comes and Patrick Queen comes on a blitz. So it's understanding this defense. I think they need to understand the scheme and what are some of the tells you can get from the blitz packages and things like that? Um, but I think, yeah, him knowing where Kyle Hamilton is, is he playing the nickel? Is he playing the deep part of the field? Is he closer to the line of scrimmage and having a chance to come? Like, he better know these things because he's that, he's that kind of poker chip for, for the Ravens' defense that they can place anywhere. And the hard thing about uh, Hamilton is no matter where they place him, he's one of the best at the position. And that's very rare that you can go in multiple positions and still play at a high level. He's Devin McCourty. He's going to be on the call Sunday for the AFC Championship game on Westwood One. You'll hear it right on a 105.7 The Fan here in Baltimore. Um, Randy, sorry, Devin, I wonder if you could, please, the how impressed you've been by Mike McDonald and what he's done. And I know that part of it is you bring up Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith. Part of it is you have really good football players, and Justin Matabike has been phenomenal. But what we've been impressed by has been the disguising and the adjustments, right? Like, even in a game, say, on, on Sunday, or it's this past Saturday, where the Ravens were fine defensively, they, they still, the adjustments were phenomenal in the second half. This stat that was sent to me by our friend Randy Morgan, over the last 12 games, the Ravens' defense have given up a total of 27 third-quarter points, which is is staggering. It's 2.25 points per game during that time in the third quarter and the way that they're adjusting at the half. How much have you been impressed by Mike McDonald and what he's done to elevate good players into becoming this dominant defensive unit? Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, being in the studio talking to Jason Garrett, and we were talking um, about the Houston-Cleveland playoff game where, you know, it felt like Cleveland kind of just still did the same things throughout the game that, you know, Houston was giving them trouble with and they felt like they just needed to play better. And I was like, man, it, it's crazy to me as a player that you don't kind of draw something new. And, and Coach Garrett had a great point. He was like, it's not about doing something new. He was like, when you're a coach, you should have a long list of different things that you do as a defense from the beginning of the season all the way throughout. He said, and you have a plan coming into the game of like, this is these are the things I think that will work. And I think what Baltimore does a good job of is even if it's working, it might not be working at the level they want it to work, and they have no problem saying, all right, we've been, we've been sending secondary pressures either from the edge or up the middle. Now nah, we're not really liking that. Let's go back to sending pressure with our linebackers, or let's go to a five-man down front, or let's go to a four-man rush front. Like, they have no problem doing that. You know, if we're playing a ton of man, they don't mind saying, all right, let's switch up and let's play zone. So 
I think McDonald's done a good job of saying, here, I got this bag, and in my bag, I got a lot of different things I can go to. And the unique things that I can go to, I have the personnel and players to get me in these different things. I have three safeties that have played at a high level with Marcus Williams, Geno Stone, and Kyle Hamilton. Mm. But I also have a bunch of corners that when they've had to step in and Mollett has to come in and play nickel, he's done that. Ronald Darby stepped up. Mm. Stevens has stepped up. Oh, yeah, Marlon Humphrey was our best guy coming in, and he's not even out there right now. So I think he's done a really awesome job of saying, I have all these players. My number one job is to make sure they're prepared and ready to go, no matter who it is. And my job is to put them in different spots in this scheme to be effective. And I think that's one of the reasons we've seen Matabike be unstoppable this year because he's using them in a way that is unique to him, not just any other defensive tackle, but using them as a way that he can be effective. If I could follow up on it, so a week ago against the Texans, there was lots of pressure. Um, you know, Matabike had, I think, seven himself. There was tons of pressure, lots of hurries. But no sacks, no turnovers, like none of the really big plays. It was just more of a methodical defensive effort. Is pressure alone enough against Patrick Mahomes? Or is he too good, too elusive that it will require big plays, big, you know, sacks, turnovers in order to beat the Chiefs on Sunday? No, pressure will be enough. The the greats don't the greats are not gonna sit there and get sacked five, six times. They're going to adjust the protection. They're going to know how to get the ball out. It's about how you can make them uncomfortable. We watched, you know, my opportunity to play with Brady, the best games. They might have had a sack, maybe two sacks, but it was the impact of the pocket always coming right in his face. They can't step up and make throws. It was him having to get rid of the ball and throw it in the dirt before he was ready. He's smart enough not to take the sacks and do those things, but it was him never really being comfortable. I think when we watch these great quarterbacks, it's that part of the game. It's that element. But I think, for, for Baltimore, the joy and beauty of watching them is watching Rush and coverage married together. Early in the game against C.J. Stroud, they don't get the sack, but Van Noy's pushing in on the pocket. Matabike is coming up the middle, and he goes to throw a quick out route to Nico Collins, and Stevens is all over. He breaks up the, breaks up the out route. Yeah. So it's, it's being right there, and I think when you turn on Kansas City versus Miami, Miami's not a team that usually pressures a lot, but they felt like, they couldn't get there because of all the injuries with a four-man rush, so they sent pressure. And that pressure is about to get home, but each time Mahomes throws the ball, he gets it out of his hands, and Miami's secondary was too deep. They were, they were too far off, so that turned into a slant for 10 yards or a catch, a stop route for eight yards. And they were able to get the ball out of his hands and keep the chains moving. And I think Baltimore has to do a good job of when they pressure or they get to Mahomes, the coverage has to be tight. And if the coverage isn't there right away – I mean, if the pressure's not there right away, the coverage should be same way accordingly, off, knowing that the passes will go further down the field. So I think that relationship has to be on point when you play against the great quarterback. One thing that we've talked about a lot is how much this game means for Lamar Jackson, right? And, and you know, it's the, the be the man, beat the man thing. But I feel like the flip side to that is a lot of people would say that that's isn't there an inherent amount of pressure that comes with that watching how Lamar Jackson has handled himself it it feels to me like this isn't pressure to him it's opportunity right like he just the, the the determination what we saw on on Saturday and how he was getting after his guys and the look on his face and going in and cussing them out but they responded to it like it just it doesn't feel like it's getting to him, the weight of all of this. It feels like he's rising almost because of the weight of all of this. 
Yeah, and I think when you're a young player, especially at that position, at the quarterback position, you continuously try to look at what others are doing and make sure, like, you're there. I think when you look at Lamar Jackson this year, he's kind of gone away from that. It, I think for him, it's he wants to win a Super Bowl, and he understands that this team is special. I, even when I got the opportunity to sit down with him, he kept talking about the other guys on the team over and over and over again. And I think he now sees this as not just like this is my opportunity or this is pressure on me. He feels like, hey, in 2019 we were here, and I think a lot of those guys on the team felt like that, right? Like, I have to step up. I have to do this. And I think now he feels like this team is special. We have to make sure we take advantage of what we have. It's not just Lamar Jackson. It's Roquan Smith. It's Patrick Queen. It's veterans like Clowney and Van Noy. It's guys like Nelson Aguilar, who's a veteran that has come in. It's OBJ. It's that offensive line that has now been together and understands uh, how they want to play even in the passing game. So I think it's not as much of just the Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, you know, is probably going to be two-time MVP. He now needs a Super Bowl. I think he sees this as this Baltimore Ravens team is special. And the only way teams remain special is to be, I know people don't like to say it, you know, world champions, but it is. It's being world champions. Yeah. That makes teams memorable. That makes them talked about for years. It makes it just what a special team is all about. So I think he's taken that on, and that's the leadership now. It's him not worried about how guys are going to view him if he's getting in their face and yelling. He's making sure this team gets to where they're supposed to be, and he believes that's in Super Bowl 58 and holding Lombardi. Uh, and I think as a former player, it, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch him take on that leadership role and just continue – to go further and further with it. It's been awesome. Uh, in the booth on Sunday, is there a competition between you and your brother to see who gets more words in? Like, is that still, do you kind of needle each other? Like, I'm going to be better than you today. Did you have any of that? It's... No, I mean, like, we did it before in the regular season, and that's his time to shine. We're in championship football, AFC championship. Like, he doesn't know much about this. He's played <laughs> in one of them. This is, this is my time. I'm going to tell him, hey, slide, slide back. I'll let you know when I need you. But this is my time to, to educate the audience. Maybe you can learn something, too. So yeah. that'll be the focus of the booth. You had to carry him to one of them all those years ago, right? That's the way that it works. Exactly. Uh, uh, Devin and Jason and Ian Eagle on the call Sunday for Westwood One in the AFC Championship game. Devin McCourty, anything else we can plug for you, man? No, I'm just uh, having fun and, and can't wait to see this game this weekend and then, you know, be uh, in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas watching that game. Uh, enjoy your trip to Baltimore. Hopefully we'll see you out in Vegas in a couple of weeks. Really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, man. Have a good one, guys. Devin McCourty with us here on GCR. I saw Ian on uh, Sunday. I went down and uh, gave him the old wave and, hey, he was at a game, uh, Maryland, our Terps. Oh, that's right. I'm like, where was Ian? He was doing the Ravens. He was there. Yeah, that's right. He did oh, the wait, him and Bill Raftery. Ian, he turned around. Hey. We actually asked him if he would come on today, and when he said, heard you were here, he was like, I, Thursday sounds great to me. I'll come on on Thursday, is what he said. So no, I won't be yeah. talking to him anymore. Then. Is, that, is that the way it's going to go? Not a low blow. Bad luck charm. <laughs> Your Terps, baby. Your Terps. Hey, uh, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. 
So we are not conspiracy theorists. I was stunned by the fact that I couldn't get Drew to become a conspiracy theorist today because I, I thought it would be in his blood. I, I just don't have enough of the data. I, I, I'm not a... I'm not going to buy into this whining about this referee until I really delve into the data. A lot of I don't think it's that easy. It's not that simple. A lot of controversy in Baltimore in the last 24 hours about Sean Smith, who will be the lead referee for Sunday in the AFC Championship game, and how road teams have performed better in games that Sean Smith has refereed than the average for road teams in the NFL. We wanted to get some perspective about this. So we reached out to Jim Dapolis, former NFL official who is with us this morning here on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn and Drew, and please let us get it out of the way. Neither one of us are conspiracy theorists or nut jobs when it comes to this. This is not. We just wanted some perspective. We appreciate you taking well, the time for us. you're a nut job in general. All right, so <laughs> thank, thank you, Jim. Well, my pleasure, guys. I think it's, it's much ado about nothing, but let's. Let's kind of move forward with it. Well, so, uh, yeah, the one thing I would say is, and when you see, look, I said earlier when Glenn said, and we're and we're just assuming there are roughly twenty head officials, right? It, and and they get mixed in with seventeen. There's se- actually okay. seventeen. So there's seventeen. So if yeah. if one of the seventeen has this wide disparity, that also tells me sixteen of the seventeen also have a wide disparity. It just happens to be the other way, and no one talks about that. Like, to me, that number's peculiar. And that's exactly right. And, and what you got to understand is that, you know, they, they talk about, you know, Sean Smith's team uh, on, on the road team usually wins, et cetera, et cetera. Well, understand that, you know, Sean is just part of that crew. You know, it could be his other, play, other officials that are assigned with him. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily Sean, but he comes up as, as, the, as the scapegoat on this because, He's the uh, he's the white hat on this. Right now, for this game on on the game this weekend in Baltimore, you know Sean's got a, a whole new crew with him. He's got two officials, uh, Jeff Seaman and Dino Paganelli, who are two of the top officials in their position working with him. And those those are the only only other officials that work with Sean on a regular basis. Now they've got he's got other officials that are working from other crews. So it's basically what they call an all star crew. But uh, let me tell you. Sean is one of the top officials in the National Football League. Uh, the championship game, when I was working up in New York, uh, we, we always felt that the championship game was the most difficult game for officiating, and uh, it was the game that we wanted to put our top officials in because this is the game that's going to send you them to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is kind of a, you know, it's kind of frosting on the cake. If you get the Super Bowl assignment, that's great. Uh, we try to rotate it around a little bit, but the best officials are really working in the championship game. So, so Jib, just the, the theory of whether it's odd that someone has penalized more road teams, that, that to you, it, it doesn't even register with you. It's like, huh, that's kind of, and again, I say this as someone who's not a conspiracy theorist, but it doesn't register you as even being like odd that the numbers look the way that they do. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, it, it just it, it just so happens they're throwing numbers out there. Now, are those numbers that, you know, are, are accepted penalties or are those total penalties called? It's just numbers that, that they throw out analytically and they try to – it gives them a, something to talk about. But it's nothing that is brought into consideration when, when making assignments, when you look at that like that. You know, basically you go out there and you try to put your best officials and – if they're making mistakes, 
if he's uh, consi- continually making mistakes, they're not going to be around. They're not going to be working championship games. So I can tell you, the, the officials that are working the game this weekend in Baltimore are probably the best officials that the league has has available. Well, and the one thing, too, I, I mentioned this earlier, and Glenn and I just did a very, very brief recap. If If you, this weekend, refereed the Ravens at the Panthers – and we were basing it off of this past season, the, the Ravens are winning that game. And, the, mm-hmm. and, and if you then went refereed the Ravens and the Chiefs, that might be a 50-50 game. But if you referee yeah. Ravens-Panthers or Cowboys-Commanders or uh, 49ers-Cardinals, the road team's it, winning yeah, all would, of those wouldn't games. wouldn't be surprising that the home team got penalized a little bit more and struggled mm-hmm. in that game. Right. Like, the road team is going to win no matter what you do. I'm not even suggesting you're doing anything. But <laughs> it's just I, – I, 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 we kind of do this a lot in Baltimore, right? We start, we start looking at reasons why things might not go right. I just think there's so much – Data you would have to dig in to prove this. I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. I don't. And and we all have, as I'm sure you do when you watch the games. We all have our questions about calls that are made and things that happen. Like that, it's natural. But I just don't buy this. Sure. You know, you go into the game as an official. You you go into the game, and you know, you're not. Well, this is the home team, and we're going to help the home team, or we're going to help the visiting team, or we're going to. You know, you've got a job to do, and and basically, what you want to do is make sure you don't make any mistakes because it's going to have an overall effect on the on your overall rating, your positioning, and the on the staff, et cetera, et cetera. He is Jim Dapolis, former NFL ref. He is with us here on GCR. Jim, I, I just I, the idea because you brought this up before that it's a different crew. Generically, can you explain to me like does is it easier to work with new guys? Is it more difficult to work with new guys? I, I'm just kind of fascinated by that because it's something I've never asked anybody about before. Like, what what is the impact of, I've been working with certain guys all year long, and then I show up for the biggest games of the year, and I'm working with different guys. Is it just, hey, you're still doing the same job, so it doesn't really matter who else is on the crew with you? Well, you know, it's a great question, and it's always the concern of how should we assign officials to these playoff games. And you want to give everybody an opportunity, but you want to use the best officials. You know, naturally, you, you want to work with the, the same crew that you've been with all year. You know, you, you've got a, a familiar, familiarity with it, and you know what's going on out there. But, you know, the guys have been in this, in this game officiating for a long time, so you should be able to, you know, move the pieces in and out and, and work with whoever's working. But, again, it's, it's nice to be with the guys that you've been with, you know, for the whole season because you know what they're going to do. You know what kind of, you know, communication you can have with them. But, as I said, you know, the guys that – the seven that you have working this game uh, this weekend uh, probably as good as the as any seven that are that are working, you know, in the league. It's really hurting the conspiracy theorists. I think that's the problem with it. Yeah, well, I did, I did say earlier, kind of joking around, I did say that, you know, John is definitely going to – John Harbaugh is going to go up to Sean this weekend before the game and say, hey, I got to tell you. I know you've had a tough week. You've been getting beat, beat yeah. up. Yeah. I think you're awesome. I think you get yeah. a lot. I'm, I'm, I have a lot, a lot of respect. Of good words to be said before the game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I got a lot of respect for you. <laughs> yeah, um, Jim, can I get your opinion about something? Because it's something that has irked me for a long time, and it's like it's in my greatest hits of things that I complain about. I don't understand why. And a part of it is we just accepted the premise for a long time. It's the way it exists. I'll give you an example. We saw on um, Sunday. Baker Mayfield, his shin was clearly down. It was a sack, right? And it wasn't called, mm-hmm. and they didn't challenge it. The Buccaneers end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. It ends up being a one-score game, and things get really close. 
why are the coaches still being asked to officiate the games? Like, why why can't we just say, hey, we don't need the challenge system anymore? We we've got the additional the eye in the sky that should be able to say. Hey, guys, this was a little bit closer than you realized it was. we got to just stop for a second and take a look at it. Why have we not fixed this yet so that we can make sure that we don't, we're not asking coaches to say, hey, am I going to need this timeout or not? Like, is it close enough that I might not get it even if I'm right? It just seems almost absurd to me that we're still doing this instead of saying, hey, we've got the technology for it. Let's make sure that we officiate the games with the officials and, and not ask the coaches to do it anymore. Yeah, it's a great question. It, and it's, it's a question that yeah, I even asked myself. You, you've got a tool in, in replay that is set to correct correctable errors. Why can we do it, and why do we only do it sometimes? You know, it, and sometimes it seems as though at the most opportune times we don't utilize it because the coach doesn't have a challenge or the coach is uh, too busy or he doesn't get the information. You know, we should be able to do that. We should have that that extra set of eyes up in the press box, uh, someone to help these officials out. You know, they 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 certainly do. They all have communication. You you know this. They all have earpieces in now, so they're able to communicate amongst themselves. They're able to communicate with New York. Um, you know, the the the, the techniques and the. Uh, uh, of, of what they're doing is it's everything is available for them. I don't, they have the ability to do it. They need to kind of utilize the, uh, the tools that they have and they should be able to do that. But I don't, you know, they, they have to say, well, we can only re, uh, you know, review the certain plays. Well, you know, if you got the tools, fix it. Right. If it's fixable, fix the problem. Let's get the call. It's almost laughable that we still do the bit where teams like run up to snap the ball in the next play. Like, hey, every time a team does that, maybe we should stop. Maybe we yeah. should pause and make sure because they're clearly not sure that they actually were in bounds on that play. Like, right. maybe we should stop the game just for these things shouldn't take five minutes. Like, they should just stop. And say, hey, within a minute we can tell whether or not we got that thing right, and let's just move on with the game at that point. I don't know. It's it's it bothers me a great deal. It bothers me significantly. <laughs> hey, it's all part of the game. At some time, at some point, I I think they'll ever they'll get this fixed. They're trying to do more work from you know up above, but uh, you've got to correct these correctable errors. There's too many obvious ones that whether it's a pass interference or a late hit or a an illegal hit, you, you need to be able to correct those. Uh, without having to, you know, challenge them. You, you need you need somebody upstairs that can change this thing to, you know, to, to get the thing right. And that's all that that's all people are looking for is to get it right. Doesn't seem like he's asking for a whole lot. Doesn't seem like it. All right. So you're saying the fix is not in. The NFL is not hell bent on having Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. This is not anything <laughs> like that. This is just going to be a football game on Sunday. <laughs> Hopefully, it's just a great football game with two great teams and. You've got a great crew out there that I think are going to be uh, very fair and uh, handle this game as professionally as possible. All right. All right. I'll, I'll be inclined to believe you. Jim Dapolis, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, sir. Uh, let's talk again real soon, all right? My pleasure, guys. Have a great day. You believe him? Or you, you turn it now. You're taking the Chiefs. Yeah, you're going the other way. Yeah. Now, you know, our podcast that we're starting, this is what's wrong with, the, this is what's wrong with our country. Right, that's right. I forgot we were doing that. Um, Andrew Stecko offered to produce it. We should definitely do it because I, I shouldn't support. I have another first entry. Oh yeah, I have a bunch of first entries of first of like 
opening show topics. Okay, this is the problem, is that in theory, I'm okay with it until I hear your first one and then I say I'm canceling the podcast. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Well, let me just tell you what it is. No, no, no. We're going to take a break. All right. Then we'll come back and you can tell me what the idea is. Okay. And based on that, I'll tell you whether we're doing the podcast okay. or not. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Right. This no, is what's you're wrong with, not. No, I'm just saying when we come back, I'm going to tell you this is one of the things. That, this is what's wrong with our country. You want to know why our country is eroded? I'll tell you why next. I, I, I'm very worried about where this is about to You'll go. You'll see. We'll, we'll give it a shot. It'll, it's unarguable. GCR. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson, and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys, Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? Oh uh, yeah, Griffin, what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? 
uh, this week at Live, you need to check out Sports and Social at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, which features an on-site FanDuel location, and it is your ultimate spot to watch Baltimore's team in the big game this weekend on the massive 100-foot media wall. Order up your favorite game day bites, take a sip from our signature crushes and extensive beer selections, all just steps away from the FanDuel Sportsbook. So watch, wager, and win at Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. At Ronald Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLE. All right, so Drew had the idea last time we were together about starting a podcast. Well, I don't know. He just said that's what's wrong in this country. I don't know where that came. We had a podcast thought. I mean, don't you see something every day and you say to yourself, this is the problem with this place? I definitely feel that significantly, yes. And what we do as a country now is we ignore that. But, and we ignore it because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Okay, but that's where I worry. I worry about what your direction is with this. I My worry. direction is, just, is for us to just sit around and have an honest conversation and say, this is this is why we are where we are. And and if your feelings get hurt, you maybe you should fix it. All right. Let, let so me, we do that all the let time. Let me see where you go with this. This is the difference between a 60-year-old and a 35-year-old. I Well, I'm not 35. <laughs> I wish. God, I wish. You? I'm 40. Are you really? Yeah, I'm 40 40 now. Yeah. You're old. Yeah, I am. 100%. (laughs) But this is what we've done in this country. We've we've refused to be honest with one another. Okay, but I don't think that you're going to like the honesty sometimes. That's That's correct. No, but I mean like you, I don't think would like the honesty Eh, sometimes. I don't don't care. I, I think there are some things that really aren't a problem, but we'll talk about it. I think I, this would be a great podcast. I think you you could make a lot of money. All right, let me. I'd do it free. Let me. I just give, want to say these. Give things. it a shot. Where? I'll tell you one of the things that's wrong with this country for sure. When you when a ball gets thrown in your direction and you don't catch it and you get up and you throw that effing imaginary flag, it drives me okay. insane. Okay. And you should be penalized for trying to dupe the refs. Okay. So, can we talk about it? Absolutely. Can we talk about it? Yep. You're a heinous individual. What about the flip side of it? What about the number of times that there is an obvious pass interference that doesn't go called until that guy... Where's That's the, the problem. That, you, you've coaxed the call. But it's out. obvious. No, no. There are if an, it were obvious, he'd have called it. Drew, you've seen this before. I, I've seen it before. You have I've, seen, I've, but I've seen too many times. I would agree that his nitwits get up and throw the imaginary I, flag. I, I agree that it's disproportionate. You just catch it. Stop refing right. the game. I agree that it's disproportionate. I do. I agree with you on that. What's wrong with this country? But it's part of the problem. Is everybody wants to dupe someone? Well, that you know what we actually agree on that. Right. We. I can't believe we're getting there. Right. But you and I agree that there is a huge that we believe it's problem solving used to be a thing. Now, the idea of problem solving is just break the law. Just just get around the just skirt the rules. That's how you problem solve. You, you, everybody wants to dupe someone. Correct. It's just commit fraud. I saw it's, a kid yesterday at, at, at Panera who went into the bathroom. This is disgusting. Went into the bathroom, reached into the trash can, picked up a plastic cup, put it under the freaking fountain, under the under the faucet in the in the thing, turned the hot water on, cleaned the cup out. I said to him, "Hey, chief, I'll give you two dollars. I'll go buy you a soda." It's really really gross to think about that. But Correct. I, I don't You're know trying what, I don't to know dupe. 
I don't know what the you're circumstances dupe, are. I, don't I know wanna, what the circumstances are. I don't know you're that. You're trying to dupe Panera out I of a drink. I understand that. I don't know if this is somebody that has. I don't. I don't. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I, I like that one. then said, "I will go buy I you a drink." That. Yes, I appreciate that. And I went and got a drink, and I put the cup down on his table rather Thought, firmly, thoughtful and said, you. "Go get yourself a drink." Thoughtful of you. So. So stop trying to do Panera. I, I agree that we have a problem with that. I agree. That is one of the problems in this country. In fact, it's, it's one of the things that's wrong. It's why, it's, uh, why we've gone it's downhill. How, it's how you become president anymore. Like, and there's an argument. We can sit here and you want to talk about what's wrong with the country. We can sit here and talk about that for five hours. Yeah, I don't, I don't really I don't really want to do that part of it. But yes, in general, trying to do. But that people. is part of it. What do you mean? The, the, it. It does start at the top. That is part of the problem. Yes, if if we see, if the the people that are championed or the people that are best at grifting are the best at um, you know lying, then yeah, that's going to be the type of thing that's going to. The day these goofs get in, the very next day they say, uh, "All I'm worried about now is getting back in again." They should be in for X amount of years. Period. Full stop. You're you're, you're a congressman. You're in for ten years. When your ten years is up, you're done. Can't believe we agree about when, that. When you're we, the president, you get seven years. We, that's it. Period. We. Why seven? Just that, it's a nice round number. You get seven years, Sorry, and that's all you get, and then you're done. I'm gonna push back on seven. I don't like seven at all. Odd numbers are no good. Whatever. We don't Six, do odd ten, numbers five. in this country. Pick pick a number. Well, five still but an see, odd number. But see, here's the problem. It takes five. you a it's while to ten. get things going. You know why? Because everybody's working against you. So it takes you a year or two to get your chakras in line when you're the president. Because the rest of these goofs all spend two years trying to tear you down, and then you only have three or four years. Give them seven years. And if you want to do some midterm vote of confidence, I'm, go ahead. But we, this is what's wrong. It does start at the top. We'd and, make, you, you could make millions doing this. All right. Because we're the most I sensible. Think, we I, might be the two most sensible I, I, I people think, in the world. I think, well, he's <laughs> up on all Well, right. I might be. I, don't I think know we need you. to zero it in a little bit more. I think the problem is we well, just... Well, one of the problems is these, these creeps I, 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 act I, I, like they throw a penalty. Okay, right. So we started there, and it basically went to everything. <laughs> Like we started hyper focused on the 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 receivers that get up looking for a flag, and then all of a sudden it went. Now to we're the congressman. Ev everyone everywhere well, is a bad person. Well, you, did you hear what Interpol said? Everything is wrong. It's true. It's a great point. That is. You heard Interpol. that song? Well, I did. I did. Hundred percent. I I tend to agree with you. That ought to be. That's the second part of the show. Yeah, right. It's just listening. To Chapter Interpol. two. Everything is wrong. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Here we go. I can't believe I'm agreeing with you. We'll come much. back for the second part you're, of what's, you're wrong right. with the you're what's wrong with our country. So, Everything's so, wrong. So I am inclined to agree with you about the guys getting up asking for flags on the. But it comes with the caveat of. Well, baseball umpires are next. What's the? Oh, because, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, we've uh, been uh, through the baseball umpires. We got yeah, four. Got, we got four got, shows got, worth of baseball yes, umpires. Yes, they're, they're, they're skin. The guy who threw Riamato out yes, in the correct. in the preseason yes. should never be allowed uh, to umpire. We again. actually a hundred percent agree right. about that. We hundred percent agree. Right. Here's my issue with these guys. All right, is that they they, they miss the calls a lot too. Well, they're supposed to. They got to keep the game close. <laughs> And there's another problem. There's a good point. Right. Um, I okay. Where are you? I oh god, I'm gonna regret right, go doing this. No, it's 12:09. We still have to we take another commercial. Plenty break. of time. Yeah, We're here till two. No, not really. We got a four-hour show. Today. I'm gonna regret this. No, you won't. Because you know I'm the, gonna tell you the truth. The fumble through the end zone thing. It's the it's the dumbest thing in the history See, of sports. This is the problem. Is I've always said that, but now that you say it, I think I might have to go the other it's way. Stupid. No, it's it's I the number of hipster doofuses 
that have tried to fight about this. Like, it used to be that 100% of people knew that it was it's, the worst rule. It's so dumb. In the last two years, like, 30% of the country has decided, because you guys all feel this way, I have to be a contrarian. I have to say something asinine the other way. Because, again, and, this is what's wrong with the country. Right. Everyone has to have a hot take, and they can't just say, you know what, well, you're we, right. Gilligan's Island was a great show. You know what? I do agree about that. I'm, Gilligan's I'm Island saying, was like, a great show. Instead of You're you right arguing about, about right. who's hot or Marianne or, or Ginger, right. we all know it was Ginger. That doesn't hey, mean no, that wait you... Wait a second. No, there no, was no. something to be said that for Marianne. That doesn't mean that Marianne might not have right. been more hot, suitable for yeah. you, okay, but Ginger enough. was prettier, and she just was. Now, to go back to what we were talking about, when you, when you fumble the ball out of the end zone, should there be some sort of penalty for that? Yeah, maybe. Okay, that May- part, it's, maybe, it's so funny. Maybe maybe you lose five yards. Maybe you lose ten yards. Well, the argument I heard but from some people. But to give the ball to the other team right. is stupid. The argument I heard from some people is you go back to the original line of scrimmage on that play and you lose the down, right? And I said, I'm not even really sure why we there has to be a penalty. Why does there have to be a penalty for fumbling well, through the uh, end? Nobody uh, got the ball. Okay, but hold on. If you're on the three-yard line yes. and you scamper over to the – corner cone and you fumble the ball and it goes out of bounds into the end zone i don't have a problem if you say that's a five yard penalty but why that's the because you fumbled the ball right but you fumbled the ball in the middle of the field but and you it goes, fumbled the ball and no one was able to retrieve right, it we have that happen all the time during the in in the, in the i field understand that and and so again if you want to change the rule to say if you fumble the ball out of bounds ever period right. You lose five yards. I might be okay with that. I might be. <coughs> I, but I'm not. Here's what I'm not in favor of: the other team getting the no, ball. That's insane. It's the dumbest thing it's I've insanity. ever heard. Insanity. Right, you didn't do next? anything. Give me another one to to chew on. The, the playoff teams. That the, if you go eight, the winning the division should not guarantee you a home playoff. A hundred percent agree. Idiotic. Completely idiotic. The team with the better record should always host the, the first playoff game. I can't believe Period, full stop. This is really concerning. But again, this is what we do. We come up with a way to make sure we satiate and, and, and completely satisfy people How? so their feelings don't get hurt. How does that ruin the country, though, that, that the four seed it, it, you, you have, you, Trust me. There it's is, a slippery it, there, slope. F- it is. It's we're going to connect the dots here, here yeah. if you give us no, 10 no, no. minutes. Okay, it's, okay. it's a good point. You, right, start, right, right. you start with that, then we just accept that anything that's it's objectively worse can actually be better, and then we start comparing And we're always figuring things. out a way to make it okay to lose. It's okay that you went 8-9. and nine, You still get a home playoff game. and So that is what's wrong with the country. Instead of saying... I got news for you. You're eight and nine. You made the playoffs. You're lucky, and we we you're gonna have to go play at San Francisco. I'm sorry. It's they the went eleven goes. and right. six. You went eight and nine. You're lucky to be in the playoffs. You you rat thinks, and you can't say that to them because they get their feelings hurt. No, but wait a second. <laughs> and we can't have that. Wait a second. I'm not sure that's about hurting their feelings in this instance. I I hear you in general. I'm not sure this one uniquely is about hurting their feelings. I think it's just. They're trying to force the idea that the the division games are so meaningful because they want to be able to charge more money. You went eight and nine, right? Correct. And what I would say is, didn't happen this year though, right? Uh, no, they went Tampa went nine and eight. They but could have happened eight. that three of them went eight. But and in nine. fairness, nine and eight still shouldn't have been hosting a playoff. Seattle game. went seven and nine yeah, one year and, and beat New Orleans. Correct. Exactly right. That was the Marshawn Lynch game. Right. Um, but they still shouldn't have been hosting the playoff. Even at nine and eight, you're they weren't. I get it. The correct. Eagles. The Eagles ended up stinking. I understand that. But Tampa should have been in Philly. Correct. 
or they should have been wherever the, the seventh whatever, seed, and they should have been at Dallas because Dallas whatever was the two the, seed, right? right? However like, it worked. Whatever the, the your record should be, what decides you? Then take the teams by the record, you rank them. If you're the six, the five, the six seed, then you go to the three seed. If you're the whatever it is, that's the way it should go. You you want to say division winner is guaranteed a playoff spot? Fine, fine. I don't totally agree. You give seven playoff spots, right? Like I have no real beef with the seventh one going to a division winner that might not be that good. In fact, didn't the Packers get in at nine and eight too? Yes. So in the wild card. Yeah. I mean, like, but that on. is what it is. Right. Yeah. If I mean, that just, kind of is what it is. Somebody's got to get in. Agreed. But agreed. For Tampa Bay to get in at nine and eight, and, and then and be allowed to host, host Eagles, a playoff game comical. just because we've decided, hey, you were the best of this crappy group of four teams. A joke. Stop. Right. Nonsense. And they were barely even the best. They weren't even really the best. They were best by a tiebreaker. So no, the, the playoff team should never. Now, what about the officials officiating the games? Well, you know how I feel about that. I I, I would say this: the officiating in the NFL is far far better than we all give it credit for. It's an incredibly difficult game agree to with officiate. That. Yes. that said, there should never be an occasion when an obvious missed call isn't called, like Baker Mayfield the other day with his shin on the ground. I'm not talking about the play in the Ravens-Jacksonville game that Terry McCauley kept insisting, oh, yeah, beyond yeah, insisting, yeah, that it was a touchdown. No, sir, it wasn't. But that play, and the reason I say no, sir, it wasn't is it was too close yes. to adjudicate. That guy's shin was on the ground the other day. Yes, everyone that was, could see that. That was a no-brainer. Everyone could see that was a bad call. Everyone right. so, the, I, I, I just And here's their argument, and I, baseball has clearly done this. We want the games to be over more quickly because here's another thing wrong with our country. No one can pay attention. And you see that every day when you drive. So now we can start talking about that next. We just went nope. from a football to a driving. Nope. By the way, we do it. You know what? I can't believe I'm, I can't nope. believe I'm agreeing with nope. you. We, it is reckless. No one can drive because you're not paying attention. You know why you're not paying attention? Because you're looking at your phone. So there is that. We are running red lights at a rate that we have never because run Because we're not paying we, attention. It's a little bit because we're not paying attention. I, I go a different way on this one. We all think we're the star of the show. Correct. We, we got to get there. We're of the course. Main, our thing. I have to get there. Our thing That's another is thing wrong more with the important than everyone else's thing. That to me, I've said it before, that's a social media thing. That's a social media has look convinced at me. us. Francis Chan says we are, it. We're the only country in the world who posts pictures of themselves to say, look at me. We are the star of the show. Everything that we're doing is more important than what you're doing. What you're doing, I gotta sorry, get there. go screw. I got to get if there. If I'm putting everybody else at risk and danger, it's worth it because what I'm doing is Correct. more important. That's another thing wrong with the country. Now we got a show. We're close to a million. We're close to making a million bucks. I really, I am nervous about how much I've agreed with you. We're close to making a million really bucks. Really nervous. And I'm going to say, having now traveled last week in 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 and out of airports, um, not to borrow anything from the great Bill Burr, but Bill Burr is right about the traveling issue. You you, I had a fourteen the other day. I didn't get on the plane for forty five minutes. Oh well, they definitely had go through. It's the, unbelievable. Yeah, right? like He's the, exactly right. All right, if you're in military, the military, if you're in the platinum group, if you're in the double platinum if group, a, or in if the, you're a family, come on board. This guy and his wife brought six kids on the plane, and the one kid was like 17 years uh, old. Okay, all right. Now wait a second. I'm gonna have to push back about that. They do that after the A group. You're lying. No, no, I don't do. think they did it I to just, me. I just flew. I don't think I they just, did it to me. I just flew from Fort Lauderdale. I and think they said something like, "If your kids so, got braces, he goes on first. So, but those kids went on first. But kindly, this my parents wanted to take the family on a Disney cruise, right? Which again, they could have taken the kids. They took us. Fine, whatever. Right. right. We 
we've got to fly back from Fort Lauderdale. That's where I was. Get we get off the we get off the boat on Friday morning at like nine a.m. We're off the boat. There's a lot of people getting off the boats these days. That's another thing we're on the country. Uh, I see we were doing so well. <laughs> we were doing so well. That's another thing we're we were doing so well right up until that well, moment. But that is our f- oh for stop it. The flight was not scheduled until like six o'clock at night. Okay. Well, I, I got two kids. I'm not oh and and bags. I'm not Ubering around Fort Lauderdale right. for a day. Right. All we can do is go to the airport. Right. That's all. The, right. Our only six option hours. is to go to the airport. Then we find out if you're checking bags, you can't check your bags until three hours before. Till three hours before the flight. So now, not only we can't even go in and, and like, here's the worst thing: you can't leave them anywhere. Correct. You leave them somewhere, they get confiscated. Hundred percent. You got to go talk to somebody. So all we can do is just sit in like the main. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. That, yeah, that, yeah. You know what? Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Right. I can't believe that we're agreeing. We can't leave our bags anywhere all anymore. Right. So Creep. thankfully. Blessings be. And this is why live golf is it sucks. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Look at what look at what we did here. Right. Look at what we did here. So, so I go on the little machine and I find out good news. There's a 1:30 flight. Well, we'll get on that flight, right? Like no problem. I've solved all of our issues. There's a 1:30 flight and there's spots left on it. We'll get on that flight. In fact, I paid like a dollar in order to move flights. That it was wonderful. Manna from heaven, right? Till I remember that everybody checked in 24 hours earlier and for that flight. And you're C-54. And now I'm C-50 with two kids. So I got to tell you, I'm not. I'm going to push back on your complaints about the family boarding because, I, and I even said this, you want to complain about my family boarding? You get to sit next to my six-year-old. Well, that could be, all right. that could be a all right. That could be a legitimate. You, so you, you want to complain about family boarding? By all means, he's yours. I had. You deal with him. We left Saturday morning at 6.30 to fly home. We were supposed to leave Friday night. We got snowed in. Saturday morning, I, I go to leave, and behind me is a father and his six-year-old son. Okay. And in the row to the left was the mother and the eight-year-old son. The six-year-old son, the entire two and a half hours from Fort Lauderdale. Kicking? The entire- Kicking kick the back? I want to go back. Oh, yeah. I want to go back. Yep. I want to go that. back. A lot of that. I want to go back and, you, ki- and kick in my chair. You, you, don't want, you don't want me to get on the plane before you? Y- your problem. And kick you in, deal with and it. And kick in my chair. Yep. So- I never say a word. Yep. I, I never say one yeah, word. Yeah. I just read the. I'm reading The Alchemist, which is a great book. I'm reading okay. this book. I'm trying not to f- flare up, and I f- we land, and the dude walks up to me as we're walking by, and he goes, "Hey, man, you you hung in there like a trooper. I'm I'm I, I'm proud of you, or you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm sorry that that happened, but I'm proud of you, or something." And then I punch him right in the face. No, I said, "Dude, it's all good." <laughs> I had a six-year-old. Yeah, I, well, I but everybody's been there. I, I totally but that, I, again, I can see people. But that is me, what's wrong with the country. I could see you can't people control your kid. They were giving me the eye when we went to get on the plane, and all I wanted to say back was, you "Sit with him. Go ahead. <laughs> you have no idea. You you're, you're telling me I can sit in a middle seat somewhere and get a nap on this flight. And you sit with my kid. And you sit with my kid. Who's climbing Done. on the wing? Done. Right. Who's opening the Done. door in this flight? He's creating the like Alaska, Alaska Airlines flight. <laughs> Done. Hey, what happened to what happened <laughs> yeah. to little Clark kid? Yeah, he's out there on the wing. I'm anyway. telling you, you go right ahead. You take my spot in boarding. I'll take How yours. How long was Ted Lasso? Three years. It was three three seasons. seasons. Yeah, yeah. We, we could do this for three years. We we have enough material. No, it just happened here. Well, we you, you attack family boarding. We disagree about that. By the way, it's a. I tell you, it's a bigger problem. Family boarding allegedly cuts off at six. Imagine. Six imagine, years old. Yes. Oh. Imagine next year, my seven-year-old, 
being told, like, sorry, you can't get on the plane before everybody else. And we've got C-50. Don't you agree, though? Bill Burr says this. I don't disagree with this. Don't you agree? you got to have seen active duty to be... To be there, there, uh, you know what? I don't disagree. There is... Oh God, oh, man. I'm going to Bill up, Burr always says... I'm going to regret this have one. Have you seen gunfire? The number of people that are in wheelchairs that you look at and you say, you're you're yeah. fine. You're, <laughs> you're fine. Right. You, you just know. Griffin, whatever you just did made everything a lot worse. Okay. So anyway. everything was fine right well, up until you started messing with the thing. There's a lot of things now wrong with this Now it got dramatically worse. The My moment. headphones were going out. and I, Well, Drew, I think, was messing with it a little bit. Uh, I didn't touch it. I don't know. Not, well, I don't you were messing know. with one of the wires. Anyway. No, we didn't touch anything. All right. That's but a taste. I, anyway. That's we, a taste. We, of, that's what's wrong with this country. And here's, it's, here's it's coming, the last thing that's wrong. Dep- oh, oh. No, we, here, no. We were doing well. I'm good. No, no, no. I'm going to I'm gonna put a bow on this. What's wrong with the country is we're not willing to talk about what's wrong with the country. We are. You and I are. You know what we are? Frontiersmen. Frontiersmen. <laughs> no. Frontiersmen. No. <laughs> no one wants to talk about what's wrong with the country because uh, they're afraid. I Because I, people's feelings are going to get hurt. I have felt more and more of this in recent years, that there needs to be because more and more Because you're older of and you're wiser, yeah, and you've seen it materialize. Bit, I felt a little bit more of 24 it. 24-year-old Glenn Clark would, would still, say, don't hurt my feelings. there's still a line. 40-year-old Glenn Clark there's, says, you deserve to have your feelings get hurt. There's still a line. There's a few things yeah, I don't think that we'd end is. up disagreeing about, we'd end up having problems with. But that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. All right, when we come back Millions. In, we'll get, I don't millions. know Millions. Would you show up on time? I don't even. That's part of the. Th- See, there you go. Well, you don't show up I, on time. I get that. That's what's wrong with this country. Correct. Supposed to do a show at ten o'clock. You come wheeling in at ten o six. I was 03 or 04. Oh, was it? Yeah, pretty much. You sure? But I want to give you a few minutes to get your to do what wheels oiled. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? Like, a I don't bit. think we do that here. <laughs> you might need your wheels oiled a got, little. I think they. I, I till gets his wheels oiled down in Sarasota. Yeah. No, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right, we'll come back in. All tidbit right. and tidbit. I got to go. Go ahead. Goodbye. Drew's morning. No, I mean, uh, By the way, thank you for making the headphones dramatically worse. It's painful now. It was, no, it's, it's not. painful. I swear. It was it, whatever's going on. Oh, like my Stat Gov, you better find somebody that you can sell this to. All right. Uh, we're starting Drew'sMorningDish.com is a website. It does. That is my website. Drew'sMorningDish.com. All right. You can re- find out about golf. We'll hope to fix the headphones. And Ravens. At some point. <laughs> Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. 
heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, uh, winding down for a uh, Wednesday edition of the program. I think the last one for Would You Rather Wednesday, by the way, was going to be uh, that you can get a guarantee the Ravens will win Sunday, but you have to uh, consume 30 Uncrustables in one day. Oh, yeah, easy. That's what I was afraid of with you. What would be the number <laughs> of Uncrustables that I wouldn't be able to consume? Yeah, It'd be sixty. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, I'd probably have to. Because wasn't that the story 60. that like the the month number was that the Ravens consumed thirty to sixty Uncrustables in a day? I'm like that. For, there's like as a team. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like know, that doesn't like one or, no less than like there was this thing going on uh, like all, guys, all over yeah. the internet. Like the Ravens consume an ungodly amount of Uncrustables, and I was like, do do they thirty like, a person? Maybe like that would be. You know, that'd be ridiculous, obviously. I mean, like, look, you're a child. I mean, I, I do have to keep that in mind. Like, I'm not eating 30 young... Like, I, I'm a direct no. Uncrustables are great. It's an, uh, first of all, they're not. And by the way... I mean, yeah, they're not good for you. They're, like. they're one, they're not good for you, two. Two, this would show up in the next segment of... Uh, <laughs> this this <laughs> That I enjoy like, Uncrustables? No, that we, that this is how much children we are. We can't eat crust. Like, we're adults, and we can't eat crust. We're, we're, we're toddlers, that's what you do when you're two. We have created a product for two-year-olds, but given it to adults. Like, hey, do you want to be two years old again? I made uh, myself a peanut butter and jelly every day for high school for I, lunch. When I was I, broke, I when, like I was, when I was when I was your age and was working my first job and I had no money, I remember I, when I moved out to Arizona, I was dead broke. Oh, I mean, man, now I want a peanut butter and jelly. Dead broke, and I remember joking about it with like my boss at the time at the uh, at CBS Radio in Phoenix. It was like, uh, you know, how things going? Because I, I hadn't been able to find like a second gig yet or anything to supplement my income. I only had the radio income at the time. And he was like, well, how's things going here? And I was like, eh, you know, like it's a struggle. I'm just still getting used to everything and, and figuring everything out. And he, and he said something like, well, do you, do, you, do you work anywhere else? And I'm like, no, not yet. I don't really know anybody around here. I don't want to go get, I want to go work at Best Buy. Like I'd like to get an actual gig that would have some value. And, they, and I said, but you know what the good news is? I can handle being broke. Like, ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly for every meal? I'm all right 
fine with that. Like I can looking do, forward to meals, you know. Yeah, I yeah. can do that. I can live. Like it's not. It's really not the end of the world to me to be broke. So, um, yeah, that's uh, I understand that. But the uncrustable thing is a bad bit. Like everybody's like, oh, it's it's magical. Like no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are just fine. You're a toddler that wants to go back to a time in your life where your mother would cut your crust off your sandwich. Buck up. I don't think she did. Well, I guess she probably did at some point, but probably not, did. Not, not maybe like very early. God. I was so so a we, toddler. We would leave. We would leave the 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 two pieces of bread. The the the, the oh the end and the, the two yeah ends. the two ends. God, we're all toddlers. Every um, single well, I mean, one yeah, those are toddler. disgusting. I mean, they're, they're fine. They're I mean, they're, they're crust. fine. It's not. They're f- no, they're not crust because it's not hard. It's just. It's fine. The most of it is still bread. It's just the top layer of it. It's fine. Everything about it is fine. You use we're the rest just, of the loaf. It's we're fine just to not use children. two ends. We're children. They're not even big pieces of bread either, so they're not God, like... We are children. Um, Par- right, yeah, the Ravens doing? eat... No, I'll get there. The Ravens okay, eat... Okay. The Ravens oh, eat this is at the, how USA Today read it. The Ravens eating an unhinged amount of Uncrustables. An unhinged <laughs> amount of Uncrustables. And the number is... As a team. Okay. 30 to 60 Uncrustables a day. Which, again, there's there's like 80 guys. So it's not even one a person. That's... What is unhinged about that? Half of that's probably, you know, like the, like, you know, the, the video guy or whatever. I've been like, what am I missing here? Like, what... what I... I, I I get it. Nothing matters anymore. Nothing has meaning. We just say words. They don't mean... I, I understand that that's who we are as a society. But, like, the way the internet ran with this 7,500... Like, because when you hear the number 7,500 Uncrustables, that seems like a lot. But then you start doing the math, and you're like, wait, that's really not that... Me- All you're saying is some Ravens players like Uncrustables. Like okay, if they could tell us I'm, which players are eating, yeah. yeah if, if there's it, one if it, if there's guy, ten players or right, five players, eating all of them, yeah. and that's 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 true because there undoubtedly are some guys that don't eat uncrustables. So like we might get if we did a deeper dive and found out that like Patrick Queen has six uncrustables a day, then like okay, now we're talking. Even that though is like yeah, it's not it's not outrageous, <laughs> yeah. but like it's weird. Like, it would be a thing we would you know, talk real, about, you know, it. chicken or something, or? right? And, like we would have a conversation. To the team eating 30 to 60 a day. Also, 30 to 60 is such a... Yeah, like a big disparity. <laughs> is it 30 or is it 60? How does that math work? Um, if it's 30, it's not even a half an Uncrustable per person. It's not an outrageous number. Unhinged was the, the USA Today. Once upon a time, a newspaper of record in this country. The USA Today said an unhinged amount of Uncrustables. Yeah, now I'm worried, like, how much research did they... Like, None. were they just, like... Did they talk to the Uncrustable people? And were like, yeah, we send a shipment out to, you know, the Ravens once a month. They got the, this came from ESPN and a story that the Baltimore Banner did where they talked okay. to the nutrition specialist from the Ravens about how much... Well, they eat granola bars or they eat, like, this number. Yeah, and some guys need and, sugar. Like, and they know. came away with this, like, 7,500 Uncrustables number. And they're like, wow, that sounds big. Because, again, when you just see that number, it sounds big. But then you realize that a football season starts in July, and now here we are, and in July, there's a hundred dudes on the team. A hundred in July. In September, there's still, if you include the practice squad, over like 65. Then you injure guys, all that sort of stuff. We're still talking about 70. And yes, correct. Are the coaches getting in on the snacks too? Like... We are such a stupid, stupid uh, But, yes, I would rack. easily eat a – I have to eat 30 a day. 
30 a day. Until the Super Bowl? I don't believe you could do that. I think we Just figured out what our Super Bowl side bet's going to yeah. be. <laughs> 30 on croissants. Just figured out what I mean, it's going to be. I could do it, yeah. That would be, I think I, I did the math that it was 200 calories oh. per Uncrustable. Oh, my God. So you'd be looking at, what, 6,000 calories? Right, so I, to... I don't think I can do it. Oh, I eat think... an Uncrustable, run around the building, eat an Uncrustable. <laughs> if the Ravens win the Super Bowl, will you eat 30 Uncrustables? I mean. I think we would still be in Las Vegas. Uh, we're, we're, the plan is, by the way, for Griffin and I go to Las Vegas. It's ooh, not. That's the plan. Really? That's the plan. Things can change at any moment. Yeah, if yeah, at all any right. moment. All right. Yeah, if we're in Vegas, we don't. Do it. Yeah. If we're if if the Ravens win the Super Bowl, the day after the Super Bowl, will you eat thirty Uncrustables? Of course. Grocery store access ain't great in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's like the worst <laughs> place to be to try to get. Maybe we do it the first show back. Okay. Maybe it's the first show back. You eat thirty Uncrustables. Not in the show. Well, I'll give you the day. Okay. But it's got to be a day I'll that like we can have yeah, a camera yeah. on you or right, something right. like that. We got to be able to find a way to make a bit out okay. of it. Maybe the Friday after the Super Bowl. Because it's not like we're past the parade and everything. Yeah. You celebrate with a 30 Uncrustable day. I'm at the parade eating Uncrustables. That would actually be great. (laughs) Let's see if we get a deal. Let's let's work on that. All right. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available. Still at your neighborhood Royal Farms. They have the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It's our uh, best of issue of Pressbox. Hey, speaking of Pressbox, a uh, really neat moment yesterday as the Baltimore Orioles announced that their press box mm. would be renamed for our friend uh, Mr. Jim Henneman. It will forever be the Jim Henneman press box, which is awesome. Uh, Jim Henneman has been such a special part not only of us here at press box, but obviously of the history of Camden Yards and Orioles baseball and just an awesome, awesome tribute to Jim Henneman as they officially renamed the press box the Jim Henneman press box, which is just awesome. So uh, kudos to Henny and to the Orioles for making that decision. A couple Hall of Fame tidbits. Uh, so Adrian Beltre obviously goes in and he becomes, uh, or, or well, he already was, one of 12 players with 3,000 hits and 400 home runs in his career. Uh, he's one of 12. Uh, can you name their two Orioles? Well, uh, yeah, Eddie Murray and Cal Ripken. Correct, yeah. do I, uh, Since, I mean, it's going to be all the guys that you expect. So I wasn't going to make you do this one because I had another one. But do you want to try to go through the rest? All, all... 12, so nine more. Well, one of them is... Uh, Beltre. He yeah, was yeah. the 12th, so yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so nine more. more. Correct. Um, yeah, okay. Um... The funny part is like you 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 know all the home run guys off the top mm. of your head, but then you, I actually start to struggle with the three thousand right. Like I start to go the other way. I three thousand hits and four hundred home runs comes from Sarah Langs. That's Langs on sports, by the way. So wow, George Brett. Uh, George Brett. That's the problem. Is the hitters didn't all get the four hundred home runs. You know what I mean? Know. Like. That's where I'm actually struggling with this more than I expected to struggle with it. All right. Um, uh, Carl Yastrzemski. Carl Yastrzemski is on the list. How about Ted Williams? Ted Williams not on the list. Okay. Um, George Brett had 317 home runs. It's a bomb. He sucks. Uh oh god. Uh, yeah. I'm try- and this is the funny thing too, because I'm like, well, Alex Rodriguez isn't in. Um, oh, so they don't have to be Hall of Famers. It's just players oh. with three thousand four hundred. Oh, so, I yes, thought the, I A-Rod. thought they, they were. Oh, so okay, then A Rod and Raphael Raphael Palmero. Yep. A Rod up Raphael Palmero. 
Um, so three auras, yeah. Oh, this this changes everything now. Pujols? Yes, Albert Pujols. Uh, Cabrera? Uh, yes, Miguel Cabrera. The rest, I believe, uh, would be in the, in the hall. Uh, oh, man, because I don't think Biggio got the 400 home runs. Ted Williams only had 2,600 hits. Oh, uh, the war. I, yeah, I always forget about that. Biggio um, not on there. I don't think Wade Boggs got the 400 home runs. Uh, Tony Gwynn didn't get the 400 home runs. Molitor? No. Didn't get the Molitor, 400 home no. runs. Dave Winfield? Dave Winfield, yes. Okay. 3,100 hits. How about Rod Carew? Uh, not Rod Carew. Man. How about Pete Rose? Not Pete Rose. I mean, these yeah, aren't no, home, home runs. They're not yeah. home run hit. That's the problem. Miles Ward, 230 home runs. Willie Mays? Uh, yes, Willie Mays okay. is on the list. We have one, two, right? Yes, two, two, two remaining. And they gotta be guy. They gotta be older. Mm-hmm. Are they, are they old timey or old timey? Not just old timey, just older. Stan Musial. Stan Musial, on the list. One more. <sighs> Roberto Clemente. Not Clemente. Man. Um, uh, all right. It's 1240. We got to. Uh, I believe he has the record for most all-star selections or game appearances. One of those two. I don't know. Played like 20. He has like 24 of them. He played at once. I'm trying to figure out a way to not give it away. Um, most all-star selections. Yeah, most all-star no selections. Most all-star selections. I don't know. He was uh, he was a long-time Atlanta Brave. Hank Aaron? Hank Aaron. I Hank Aaron on this that. list. Got to be honest, I didn't realize Hank Aaron had 3,000 hits. Yeah. I did not realize Barry that. Barry Bonds, was, he had 2,935 yeah. Well, hits. he walked so much. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. All right, very good, very good. Tidbit was also brought to you today by the Green Turtle. You want to tell everybody what's going on at the Green Turtle? Green Turtle. Tomorrow, you'll be able to head over to Canton at 11.30. Jeremy Khan is shooting a commercial cool. with the Green Turtle. And uh, everyone that shows up, because uh, they need extras, will be given a free $10 bet, as well as uh, at the Towson location. Because every Thursday in Towson and Canton uh, at the Green Turtle Sportsbook, you get a free $10 bet. You can experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. So go check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson in Canton. Go pick up your free bet. Make some money while enjoying some food and sports. That's tomorrow uh, at the Green Turtle in uh, Towson and Canton. And of course, the commercial starts shooting at 11.30 a.m. And uh, they need people out there. Very good. Tubular is brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed Stan and Luke earlier this week previewing the AL East, you can find it right now. Facebook.com slash Sports. Click on the videos tab. Go to YouTube.com slash online. Or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Big Ten Network, Maryland, Iowa at 7 o'clock. Maryland women are at Michigan at 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network Plus. ESPN Plus for Lafayette, Loyola at 7. Navy Bucknell at 7. 
Uh, ESPN has the Australian Open women's semifinals. It's a big bummer because they play both. They do a night session for both semifinals, like they do with the the final. Um, the one there's there's a there's a great one, and then there's a not so great one. The great one is Coco Golf Arena Sabalenka. That's wonderful. So you would like that to be the second one, just in case like the first one were to go along, then maybe you get up at five a.m. for right, or, like, or six a.m. something like that. And what, it's the first one because that was from they played on. Uh, Sunday or whatever, Monday. They had the extra day off, so they got to play the first one. So that's the first one, Coco Golf Arena Sabalenka, which everybody seems to think is just sort of the final, but I, I would just warn about that. Sabalenka's played better than everybody at the Australian Open, so I, I, you know she would be today, she would be my pick. Um, we'll see. The second mm-hmm. one, Diana Yastremska from the Ukraine going up against Kinwen Zhang from China. So that's overnight, 3.30 a.m. on ABC, no, sorry, on ESPN. ESPN Tonight has Thunder Spurs at 9.30. ABC has Suns Mavericks at 8.30. Monumental for Timberwolves Wizards at 7. Uh, TNT, Hurricanes Bruins, 7.30. Blackhawks Kraken at 10. Monumental 2 for Capitals Avalanche at 9.30. Uh, the Big, Hen Ho- T- Big Ten Hoops tonight, Big Ten Network has Illinois Northwestern at 9. Everything else, find at glennclarkradio.com as far as college hoops is concerned. The golf... I figured out Jim Nance could not join us this week because the golf, he's doing both the PGA tournament and, and the, AFC the AFC championship game. And Whew. they start, because of the championship game, they start this week's tournament on Wednesday. Gotcha. They run it Wednesday through Saturday, and then they do the championship game. So uh, Golf Channel today, 3 o'clock for round one of the Farmers Insurance Open and TBS tonight for AW Dynamite at 8. Non-sports? Um, not a whole lot. Snoop Dogg's going to be on Jimmy Kimmel because he has a movie coming out uh on friday it's called the underdogs sure and uh yeah what's the movie come out it's on uh netflix i think or no it's on prime say so it's on prime video he is a former he is former nfl superstar uh jason 2j's jennings and what uh, yeah it's made up it's all it's all fake it's not real i'm like what his nickname is Two J's. There was somebody that you were telling me about though that was like a guest star on something recently, and it was like a really low end former player. I'm like, what? What? Um, I, and so I was always wondering was if there like was one actually food channel shows or something, something like that. Yeah, network. and you're like, you got to tune in. It's like, what? Wh- how um, bottom of the barrel does it get? So he has to he to avoid jail time while getting into a car accident while being high. It's 12:45. Let's skip this. Okay. All right. So he has to pay community service and coaches a youth football team. Right. Wonderful. God the underdogs. Uh, that is really the only thing. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, Austin Butler and Kingsley Benadir will is be on promoting Stanford. Elvis still. I don't. Um, he's going to be in Masters of Air, uh, which comes out on Apple TV this this weekend if as you, well. If you say looks so. like a good TV show. We'll if get into it later, so. I guess. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Kingsley Benadir is Ben Bob Marley in the Bob Marley movie. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I do know Kingsley Benadir. He was in something else too, wasn't he? Uh, probably. Because I, I, I looked him up because I wanted to know who it was. All right. All right. Yeah, there sorry, I don't, I'm not on top of it. Don't forget Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Win or lose. Peaky blinders. That's exactly what it was. Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Thanks today to Drew. Thanks to Jim Dapolis. Thanks also today to Devin McCourty and to Bill Roden. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Sal Pal joins us tomorrow. And um, Ian Eagle. Ian Eagle joins us tomorrow. Love Ian. And we'll make picks uh, for championship weekend. 
as uh, I'm one game back going into with three games left. Thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Maryland. Go Maryland women. Loyola Navy. Duke sucks. I got to pee.